Hi. The Common Man and T-Bone podcast is brought to you by Care Heating and Cooling. Cold or sweaty is no way to go through life. Call my guys at Care Heating and Cooling for all your heating and cooling needs. Call 1-800-COOLING when you need a company you can trust. And stay tuned after the podcast for special bonus content from past shows. I want you to come to my van dealership. Bye. Welcome to the dumbest part of your day. This is Common Man and T-Bone. I'm girthy. I'm a fat well, boy. Well, we're both we're both girthy. I'm more girthy. I'm fat. Right. Like you're overweight, I'm fat. No. There's a I'm difference. fat, you're super fat. Okay, fine. Whatever. The point is, yes, very fat and you're kind of fat. Featuring Panama Ted. Shut up, Ted! Five-minute delays with Leanna Ray. You guys like Bjork? And random sounds from the internet. Yes, sir! He's Shavakadoo! You want to sack? The guy is drunk! Watch your profanity. Would you not eat my pants? Ah! This is Man and Bone. (laughs) Happy Tuesday. Welcome in. Hello, Bone. Hello, man. We have big news today. We have lots of things mm-hmm. inside the NFL. All the news and notes you need coming up at 348. Rapid fire. Rapid fire. At 434. Game show in the 5 o'clock hour. What's the game this week, Boner? The game this week is Winter Olympic Trivia. We got the Olympics coming up next week. I love week. the Winter Olympics. You do? I prefer it. I see. I'm, I'm okay. I, I can watch either one. I prefer the summer just because... There's basketball in the Summer Olympics, which I've never fully understood. Basketball is a sport that's played now. Why not put it in the winter? Because the NBA is not stupid. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the reason solid why. Point. Yeah, good point. <laughs> they don't want to interrupt their season for right. international competition. Yeah, but it, I'm saying prior to their involvement, it was a summer sport, right? Yes. So that's that's always been a little mystifying to me, but good. I'm glad it, I'm Anyway, yeah, I'm glad the Olympics are coming up, even though I prefer the summer. So we'll I, do I, Olympic trivia. I, I say this every winter Olympic cycle, and all of you misunderstand me. I like the Winter Olympics because I like sports where you could die. Now, mm. a lot of you are saying, why do you want people to die? I don't want people to die. All right? right. I just like the idea that they could die. I don't want them to die. No, but years ago there was a loser or a skeleton guy who did die, and then I got emails from people saying, "Are you happy now?" No, I'm not happy now. This did not make it into the trivia game because I thought it was a bit uh, much. But the luge, when it first started, I forget what year it was, but the luge before it even got to the Olympics, they were like, "It's coming. This is going to happen. We're having our trials for the Olympics to see who's going to make it." And someone died in the trials. Yes. And then they were like, ah, this is going to be tough to sell to everyone that come out and watch the luge because a guy died and it got negative press because, of course, why wouldn't it? Someone died. I, I know. But why do we pretend like the element of danger is not attractive? Why do we watch cars race at 200 miles an hour? See, that's very. See, there's a lot more nuance to that. But I, I know what you're getting at, right? It was well, a lot more nuance to luge, too. No, no, no. I mean. Like, I can understand people who say, I watch Luge because I think it's difficult and it's fascinating, but I don't watch it because I know someone could die. Like, I don't... But I don't want someone to I know die. That. But there's the element of danger. You could have a very competitive car race with everybody going 35. Yeah, you could. That's but what I mean. But I th- well, again, you, like, I guess you're saying you like that they're pushing the boundaries of what's possible. Yes. Okay. So that's the... <laughs> 
That's a nicer way to say when someone I, when could I die. When I look at someone going 90 miles an hour on a sheet of ice, head first, like the skeleton, yeah, that's superhuman stuff to me. And when that person gets down and survives, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know how anybody's not impressed by that. Well, it's in, right. It's impressive. I See, I get worried about it when I'm watching it because I'm just like, ah, uh, if he doesn't flex his adductor muscle in just the right millimeter of flexation. But isn't that part of the drama? You're worried about this person? Yeah, I guess you're right. That's But but that makes me, then I get nervous. I'm like, I can't watch. I get too nervous. Well, all right. I get too nervous for that. But when these cars are going, you know, 220 miles an hour and there's half an inch of space between their wheels, well, have, you're sitting helmets. there going, Rah! well, so does Luge Guy. Luge Guy has a helmet. <laughs> well, and they have a seatbelt and a giant 34 pound stock car around them. Yeah. I know what you mean, though. Well, you're no, right. But you, you grew up enjoying one of those things. So yes. it doesn't seem odd to you. You weren't six years old and your dad well, sat you down and said, son. That's Let's watch saying. the luge together. That's where I'm saying it's nuanced. Because also, I've never looked at a luge sled and be like, I want that. But I do look at <laughs> I do look at an Indy car and I'm like, I do want an Indy car. I want one. I want one in my garage. I just want to have it. I did the uh, I did the luge. What? They have like at Lake Placid. What? Years ago. What do you mean you did the well, luge? Well, no, they have like a luge experience thing where it's not on ice. <laughs> oh. It's like on a track. Okay. All right. But you can have the luge experience. How steep is this track? Like steep? It's Oh, yeah. It's the practice track for luge. So you got on the luge practice track? Yeah, but it only... Here's the thing. Yeah. Real luge is like 90 miles an hour. Of course. Yeah, yeah. This thing, you can only go like 27. Only All right. 27 and miles an feel, hour. And it feels like you're going a million. Feels like you're of going course. a million yes, miles yes. an hour and you're going 27. I was ready to crap my pants. Well, I think that is the biggest for the losers. And even, I'm sure it's bobsled is the same thing. Even though there's a bigger sled and there's a bunch of guys in it or whatever. Oh, like, yeah. The fact well, at least that, you're protected by the, the sled. A little bit, sure. They have airbags in that thing, <laughs> right? right? But I remember years ago, I went out to the now-gone Columbus Motor Speedway because went out with one of our sales guys, Brian, who wanted to you know, pitch them on something with me and doing appearances. And as we got out there... Guy who ran the place said, we want to get in a race car? And I said, what? Huh? How does that work? And he's like, no, we'll put you, you know, just don't sue us. But here you go. And they put me in this little tiny thing. It's like a legends car is what they call it. And it's a miniaturized version of a race car. They put like a motorcycle engine in it. It looks like an oversized go-kart, right? And so I'm thinking, I've seen these things before. They look really slow. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll get in this. That'll be cool. I'll check it out. I've never done this. but It melted your face, didn't it? I got in that car. And again, you're you're sitting an inch off the ground yeah. in a tiny little thing where the, 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 there's no, the thing just wraps around you. And I thought when I was in that thing, I'd shifted it and I'm, and I've got the pedal down. And I thought I was out by the wall and I was going 100 miles an hour. Brian, our sales guy, took a video of it on his phone and said, here you go. Here's what you were doing. And it was just me looking like I had been walking would have been faster than how fast I was going in this car. It it's ins- So I can't imagine luge, bobsled, 90 miles an hour in those things just flying by. It must feel like you're Superman on the Millennium Falcon on the front, like a hood ornament, just boom, like you're just light speed. I don't know how they can even process what's happening. No, there are certain things speed wise that blow your mind. I remember when I was playing high school baseball, you know, when you're playing high school baseball, for the most part, you're used to hitting pitchers that are throwing 
80. Sure, that's you know? really fast. Right. For and, and people who've never swung a baseball bat, that's pretty tough. You're used to, you know, looking at those types of pitches. And there was one particular game we were playing against a team with a guy who was eventually going to get drafted. Okay. And he was throwing like 94, 95. Sure. And I didn't know what the hell was going on. Oh, I bet. You know, I that, bet. that little, that little gap between 82 to looking at 95. Mm-hmm. Was like a whole other universe. Oh, that I'm saying to the untrained eye, someone would see that and go, it's all just really fast to me. But if you're someone who knows how to hit something at 82, 84, and then you up it by 10, yeah, I'm sure there's a huge learning curve to get over that. All right, we got news today. Sean Payton, Saints head coach, is stepping away, is what they're calling it. Uh, they're not calling it a retirement. There has been no official announcement, but... NFL Network reported this, ESPN's picked it up, everybody else has picked it up, that he's going to be stepping away. ESPN also reported that television networks have interest in Sean Payton, which I think is hilarious because they are a television network well, the phrase, that I'm sure has interest in Sean Payton. Mike Triplett has this for ESPN where he said, sources have told ESPN the television networks have shown considerable interest. Yeah, it's right. like, well, you're a television network. Did you show yeah, considerable interest? He called his bosses and said, hey, would you like to hire Sean Payton? Yeah. Yes? Okay, thank you. And who who first reported this? NFL Network, also a TV network. I don't think they're hiring him, obviously. They are the NFL, but you get what I'm saying. It's weird. This is not the last time we're going to see Sean Payton. I, I said this yesterday. What I think is going to happen is he takes a year off. Uh, you know, There's been rumors about him and the Dallas Cowboy job forever. That's not happening this offseason, but he takes a year off. He goes and works for TV. Mike McCarthy either wins the Super Bowl or he doesn't. And I think if he doesn't, then he's out on his ass and Jerry Jones brings in Sean Payton to coach that team. Yeah, I don't think that's an incorrect assumption on your part. I mean, no one here, Sean Payton isn't even trying to hint at the fact that this might be a retirement, right? Even in the phrasing from all the reporters, it's decided to step away. Peyton is not necessarily retiring permanently, but decided to take a break. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that the break comes now. Well, of course, it. I mean, I, I don't blame him for wanting to take a break now. Look at what he's got to deal with. Well, I, I know that, but, you know, he's been in the same place for 16 years. And, look, I can't relate to football coaches because they're crazy. And I try not to be. You may find that hard to believe if you listen to me for three hours every single day. But, <laughs> right. you know, these guys have one-track minds, and that's why they become football coaches. And they're interested in nothing else except the competition of football. A guy like Bill Belichick who may wind up being the greatest of all time. Maybe it's unfair to compare him to Sean Payton, but Sean Payton's one of the biggest names in NFL coaching, right? Yeah. All right. Guy like Bill Belichick, his Hall of Fame quarterback goes away for whatever reason. They're over the cap. Bill Belichick says, all right, I'm going to get my hands dirty and try and fix this and try and fix the cap and find my new starting quarterback and I'm going to build something from scratch again. Everybody doubts me. Sean Payton's Hall of Fame quarterback He's gone a year. He wakes up and realizes, um, I gave all this money to a special teams guy. I don't really have any plans. I'm $74 million over the cap. Should I dig my heels in and try and fix this or step away? And he says, step away. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, that if those decisions certainly make it tougher on whoever's going to come into that job next. There's going to be a lot of cuts that have to happen. You're going to have probably a, a rough transition but i also think 
you know, not every NFL coach is built the same way, right? There are there are guys I, there are guys who are like Bill Belichick who are crazy. Bill Belichick looks like he has to be told to put on clothing. You know, like he looks like he gets so focused on this stuff that if you left him to his own devices, he would just be in a film room for a month and come out and have no, it'd be all body hair and weird, maybe a weird hoodie on the wrong spot of his body. That's it. Sean Payton, on the other hand, is buddies with Kevin James and he's got a what show movie, whatever it is on Netflix about how he's the coach. Belichick's buddies with uh, Bon Jovi. Yes. There's more to Belichick. That's fine. I'm always told that. But also, I just, I could see that Sean Payton is more of, in the world of weird coaches, they're all weird to your point, but maybe he's on the less weird scale where he just looks at this and says, screw it, man. I've coached 15 years here. I won a Super Bowl. I have accomplished quite a bit. I saw this stat about what the Saints were before he got there from 67 to 2005. Their winning percentage was .403 obviously like a 40% winning percentage. Since 2006, their winning percentage is .617. No, so, he, he's done a fantastic job. There also is one other common denominator, and that is the Hall of Fame quarterback that he had. Of course. Yes, that goes without I mean, saying. We, we can't just toss that aside. No, I'm not. I'm saying he's he's looking at that since he got there and saying I the the plan that I've put in place and the people I had around, I mean, we've seen Hall of Fame quarterbacks come in and be really, really good and never be able to get over that hump, or they've been stuck on bad teams, there's been bad coaches around them, so he gets credit for fostering an environment that allowed Drew Brees to be Drew Brees, doesn't he? I mean, I, sh- I think he should get some credit for that, and we'll see what happens, but I, I under, am no, under no delusion that he's done coaching. So Bill Belichick, not Bill Belichick, what, who cares about him? Yeah, Sean, Sean Payton, Payton. Uh, goes away at least for a year, that is another open job now. You know, we got a lot of open jobs in the NFL. Now that Saints job is open. So they have to figure out what the hell they're going to do. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's another place that you could look at and say, "Do I want to do I want to go coach there?" And well, we just up... talked about how there's 74 million dollars over the cap and mm-hmm. no quarterback option. Yeah. And it also, I mean, the quarterback option thing becomes interesting because there was a guy who said he wanted to go play there potentially in Russell Wilson, which I'm guessing that's not the case now, but yeah. if it is, how do you even make that happen? I don't see how they could. I don't either. All right, Bengals news coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for a disabled vehicle on 270 eastbound after US-23. It is causing some heavy backups over here. ODOT crews are on scene trying to get things cleaned up. Please be careful over here. Keep an eye out for those crews. This traffic report is sponsored by Ace Hardware West Jefferson, now hiring. Are you looking for steady work and great benefits? Get your career on track with Ace Hardware, now hiring CDL truck drivers with a $10,000 sign-on bonus in West Jefferson. That's right, a $10,000 sign-on bonus. Apply now at acehardware.com. That's acehardware.com. Only an array with fan traffic. The podcast is brought to you by our friends, Care Heating and Cooling. I end every commercial the same way, telling you to hire care when you need a company you can trust. It's not just a slogan. It's the Care Creed with arms wide open. The way they live their life and the way they strive to be remembered by you, the customer, at the end of every interaction with Care. Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com when you need a company you can trust. Murdering brain cells one show at a time. Back to Man and Bone. 
Colin Manning, T-Bone, brought to you by Hinder Motorsports here on The Fan. Bengals getting ready for the Chiefs this weekend. Saw some quotes from offensive coordinator Brian Callahan talking about the nine sacks that his offensive line allowed. There's moments where guys got beat one-on-one, you know, we're playing against good players. There's moments where Joe tried to make a guy miss or hold the ball for a little longer. That's part of what makes his game great, so he lived with some of those sacks. There was one or two that were communication-related, just didn't get our calls out playing on the road. Again, it's a challenge sometimes, but we just have to be better there. All right, let's talk about that. Joe Burrow did hold the ball too long on some occasions, and he got burned thinking he could make somebody miss and didn't get it done. A couple of those were on key third downs. Has to get better at that. Can't try and be a superhero out there. And guys are going to get beat one-on-one. It's going to happen. It's not the best offensive line in the league. You take what you can get sometimes. Communication, though, I don't care if you're playing it on the road, on Mars, there is no excuse for not getting the call into your offensive line. I don't care where you are or what you're doing. That is on the coaching staff to at least get those guys the information they need to put themselves in the best position to succeed. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that perhaps the good silver lining to all of this is Uh, I mean, guys are going to get beat is probably the one you can't fix the quickest. You can fix communication issues this week, theoretically, right? You could get it better. Communication should never be an issue. Uh, Yeah, I know. But I'm saying you have to get it right for two straight weeks. And you could be the Super Bowl champs. That, that's what I'm saying is they are this close and they're still having screw ups like that. Imagine if they. Fix the correctable things. You can't fix your offensive line just isn't the best in the league, right? But right. if you fix communication this weekend and that gets better, then that might alleviate a couple sacks that you don't alleviate last week. If Joe Burrow can, you know, improve quite a bit in that area of holding on to the football, I, I think those are things you can improve on week to week, especially if you're a younger player like he still is, as good as he is. He's still got a lot of room to grow. You could see a reduction in the amount of sacks they give up just by cleaning up a few things in a week. And then if you do it again, you're in the Super Bowl possibly winning that game. That's what's so shocking about this. And they're doing it with an offensive line that, yes, is not the best. But if you want to say a couple of those are due to just having guys who aren't as good as the guys across from them, fine. I can live with that. If Joe Burrow can get rid of the football a little quicker, I can live with that. If the communication can improve, it shouldn't have happened, but it did. And at least they can acknowledge that's what the problem is and not just say, well, our players have to do better. No, I know, but you can't just wave a magic wand over these guys and make them better. No, that's that's what I'm saying. You can't fix. You can put them in the best position to be successful, you know, And, and look, yes, they are one game away from playing in the Super Bowl. And it was ridiculous that they won that game allowing nine sacks. But you can't do that again. Well, no. Right, you cannot not. beat the Kansas City Chiefs scoring 19 think, points allowing nine sacks. They're not saying that, I would assume. No, I'm, right? I'm yeah. saying that. I'm saying I, don't think, I think the Bengals are well aware we can't have another game no, like that I, from an offensive line. What I'm saying line. to them is you can't fix talent at this point, but you can put your players in the best position to be successful. Sure. That's what the coaching staff has to do. Yeah, and, and that is still a boggles my mind is that they won that game despite doing so many things wrong or poorly or not executing the way they should 
execution is a thing you can change week to week, right? I mean, yes. yet, ideally, you're so well-versed at it by this point in the season, you don't have to get better at it in one week, but you theoretically could. Theoretically, Joe Burrow could decide consciously, I'm not going to hang on to the football this weekend. I have a much shorter leash in that regard. I'm going to work to get rid of the ball quicker. That is something that if he does just improve that by a few percentage points, that might be the difference between taking a sack where he doesn't need to and getting the ball out and having a second and 10 as opposed to a second and 18. Well, you know what? It's a, it's a team effort, too. If you see that your offensive line is struggling, you know, sometimes I was watching film again this morning. Joe Burrow, yes, would hold on to the football too long, but he also had no place to go with the football for a lot of those plays right because guys are running deeper routes the wide receivers have to know and the coaches have to know to tell these guys to cut their routes off a little bit if the offensive line is struggling so that joe does have some place to go with the football well and and let's think about too that that whole play in the chiefs game to i know obviously the Bengals are playing the chiefs but go back to the chiefs bills game for a second travis kelsey and pat mahomes both talked after the game on that first play where they're you know 13 seconds they've got to get to the field goal range and they had discussed during the game how they had seen something the Bills were doing where they figured out where their defense was going to go when they got certain looks. Right. And Kelsey basically said, listen, man, if they line up in that, I'm going to just go to the open space, and you know where that's going to be. I'm not going to really run a route. I'm just going to go where I will get open and throw me the ball there. Right. And so you can hear it. They showed it on, you know, ESPN, everybody was highlighting this, that you literally had Pat Mahomes staying at the line going, do it, Kels, do it, do it, like, go, go. And then he snaps the ball, and Kelsey heard him say that and just ran to an open area. I mean, sometimes there's that level of, it can be so elementary, and I mean elementary as in schoolyard playground stuff, where you just say, hey, this is what they're doing. I know they're blitzing. I'm going to get the ball out as quick as I can. Go here. And and that might work. That's something you learn when you've played with someone for a long time. As much as even Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase have this great connection this year, it should be even better in a couple years. Yeah, those, those types of things, you know, to go back to your offensive line, that's the type of stuff that hopefully gets better over time where they can say, yeah, I know we're supposed to do this, but we see what's coming. We're going to stop it. Baseball Hall of Fame class, the newest one, will be announced 6 o'clock this evening. I'm going to tell you who I think gets in. Coming up next, Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Still watching a disabled vehicle on 270 eastbound after US 23. ODOT crews remain on scene trying to get this cleaned up. Please be careful. Watch out for slowdowns and cars as they try to swerve to avoid it. This traffic report is sponsored by Audible. Make this winter of you with Audible. Listen to the best of what you love, from comedy to wellness to the latest bestsellers. Find it all at Audible with audiobooks, exclusive originals, and popular podcasts. Start listening free when you sign up at audible.com. I'm Leanna Ray with fan traffic. Common Man here for Care Heating and Cooling. I'm a big fan of preventative maintenance. Something will eventually go wrong, and if you're not prepared, it is sure to cost you money. That's why I want you to sign up for a care plan. My guys at Care make sure your heater and AC are running in tip-top shape, taking care of maintenance and staying on top of any potential issues. Surprises suck. Be prepared with a care plan. Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com. When you need a company you can trust. 
picture a sports talk show, but without all those pesky sports getting in the way. Back to Man and Bone. Happy Tuesday. Inside the NFL coming up at 348. Rapid fire in the 4 o'clock hour. Game show in the 5 o'clock hour. What's the game this week, Boner? Doing Winter Olympic Trivia coming up at 534. Uh, If you want to watch what I assume will be a train wreck, I saw that Bryant Gumbel is interviewing Antonio Brown and his agent for tonight's Real Sports on HBO. Mm -hmm. So if you want to watch that, I'm quite sure Antonio Brown will have sunglasses on for the entire damn thing. Well, live. you know, that is journalism, right? Is let's let this person come out and say whatever they want to say. And we'll, well, we'll yeah, let you not, hear it. It's not we'll, Bryant Gumbel's job nope. to edit Antonio Brown. Nope. That's a, it's a questionable decision. If I were someone who was, you know, had his best interest at heart, Antonio Brown's, I don't know if I'd be saying, let's go get on camera. And I'm sorry. It's not his agent. It's his lawyer. I don't know if there's a difference. All Maybe right, well, his lawyer way. is his agent. I don't know, but he also will be there. Yeah. Okay. And then he will say, Antonio Brown, you haven't paid me. I'm leaving now. Halfway through the interview. Uh, again, if you just saw Antonio Brown do what he did a few weeks ago, and you're not just someone like an agent who's trying to get him this next contract, you're his lawyer. You know, what do most lawyers say when you've got something bad going on with you? It's like, uh, no comment. He has no comment on that. We're going to wait. He's not charged with any crime, obviously, but you, would your lawyer maybe do Best by you to say, let, let's let's lay low for a few months. I don't know. Let's let Maybe this all did. blow over. He a said, no, bit. I'm doing it. And the lawyer said, all right, well, if you're going to do it, you got to let me be there with you. <laughs> to jump in and yeah. say, ah, he's not going to answer that. <laughs> Guys, he sniffed a lot of glue before this interview. I just want to tell you. <laughs> MLBPA presented their counteroffer to the owners yesterday. They are meeting again today. What a novel concept. Two days in a row meeting trying to figure something out well that's obviously been framed as a very positive development right. and i just i hope it is but i don't understand why they weren't meeting daily prior to this but one thing i saw that uh, that players wanted is they wanted uh players who were not yet eligible for arbitration to have like bonuses they could earn okay all right because you know you're limited hey. in how much money you can make. Of course. And Unless, if you would go out and have a league-leading season, there's nothing that really changes for you. No, I mean, the team may decide, we'll sign this guy to a long-term deal. Maybe. You know, but a lot of these guys, younger guys, are not earning the type of money that veterans are earning. I know that's very gobbledygooky, what I said. No, but, it's, it makes sense. You, you can't go out when you're in that situation and go let the market decide how much you're worth. You have to take whatever your team will offer you, and usually your team's saying, we'll give you a bunch of money for 13 years. Yes. You have to decide, do I want to spend my whole career here or not? So what the Players Association is saying is you put money in a pot and then you take the, the best pre-arbitration eligible players based on war, how they finish in Cy Young voting, MVP voting, and then they get a share of that money Mm -hmm. based on their performance. And of the owners, does that seem to be thought as the owners are going to be all up for that? The owners have said this is where they say progress is coming, but I say progress with a grain of salt because the owners have said, okay, we're open to that. Uh, How about we put $10 million in this pot for the pre-arbitration players to to take from and the players said well okay thank you very much for agreeing to this system we don't want 10 we want 105 million we want 105 million (laughs) in this pot right but progress is being made i've been told i know it's a hundred yeah 
It's a hundred million dollars, a hundred million dollars. That is far apart. But I would like to think that between, you know, billionaires and millionaires, a hundred million dollars isn't as far apart as we think. We'll see. Anyway, so six o'clock tonight is when the new Hall of Fame class will be announced. Here's what I think it's going to be. I think David Ortiz gets in on the first ballot. So I think he's in. Kurt Schilling, despite him saying, take me off the ballot, I don't want to be in. This is his last year of eligibility. He will go in. He had, what, 71% of the vote last year. Right. You need 75. He will go in. And I'm sure he'll start changing his tune and talk about what an honor it is, all that crap. Bonds and Clemens, this is the storyline. It's their last year on the ballot, and I believe their punishment will end, and both of those guys will go in. So I think it's going to be David Ortiz, Kurt Schilling, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens. I like one of those guys. (laughs) From a personality standpoint. But again, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter here. We're talking about the greatest players ever. And I think it will be a four-person class. And if we're just looking at numbers here, obviously, because this is the Hall of Fame, what a four-person class that is. Yeah, the the interesting thing, because I've seen the the Hall of Fame predictors. Well, there's there's a guy, right, who does on Twitter. He goes and tracks all the ballots that have been made public. Yeah. And he takes those percentages. So a uh, few different websites have looked at that and, and put this together. So Bonds, 2019, 70.7% of the pre-voting, the the voting that was out and people who made their ballots public, right? Those tend to be a little more favorable to Bonds than the rest of the voters who are just remaining anonymous. 70.7 pre-ballot ended up in 2019. He only got 59.1% of the vote. 2020, 70.9%, slight increase in the pre-balloting. 60.7% 60.7% in the final. So they are predicting, as of right now, 73.7% is what the pre-balloting suggests. So that's why they are saying Bond's probably not going to make it because it's just, he didn't even get over 75% from the people who tend to be a little more favorable All to right. him, let alone the anonymous voters. But I, what, I'm, what I'm predicting, I don't know what this guy's doing. Well, he's just going right. off of what's that's been fine. there and what, based on those percentages, what it might end up I, being. I am guessing that a lot of the people that didn't vote for him in the past will their their punishment will be over. Yes, they, they were doing this punitively they, and now yeah, they're and, saying and I the way, can't let this happen. It's not like I even disagree with that. That's a that's a bigger conversation. Uh because Barry Bonds clearly cheated the system. A lot of guys did. Yeah. Right? He's not alone. Roger Clemens of course did too. You know, we could have this conversation well, about course, David Ortiz yes, as yes. well, but <laughs> You know, there's Who's a lot of guys to get in, but there is a lot. Of course, there's a and a Rod. I think will go down the same road. He's not getting in this year. No, for sure. he's not getting of in course, this year. Yeah. And I think he'll probably year whatever his last year on the ballot is. It year eight. I think. Yeah, there's a ten. 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 Yeah, you get ten. Okay, and I think he'll probably get in his last year on the ballot too. Yeah, you're probably that. That could be. I mean, I. What are they saying about Clemens? What's this guy say about him? Same thing. Seventy point seven. Like it's him and Bonds have almost identical numbers. Well, I'm assuming that the same people who aren't voting for Barry Bonds also are not voting for Roger Clemens. Yeah. So, like for example, 2020 with Roger Clemens, seventy percent of the votes that came in before the announcement were pro let Roger Clemens in. That's not seventy five percent. When the final ballot was tallied with all the anonymous ones put in. He was only at 61%. And you go back each year that he's been on the ballot, it's similar increases. So they're extrapolating that right now, today, I mean, we're at the end of the, 
hey, I put my ballot out online before it's released. I want you to know what I voted for. Of those people, it's 73.2%. So they are predicting based off that, the final tally will be 61.6% for Roger Clemens. Not anywhere close. So the only thing that changes that, because they're just going off of what it's been every year. Yeah. Right? So you're adding in a variable of a lot of people were doing this as a punishment and they're going to say punishment over. Now I lift this off and now I'm voting when I never did before. That would be the only thing that changes this math. And that may be enough to do it. I don't know. You know, I don't have to tell anybody this, but Barry Bonds, based on numbers alone, is in the Hall of Fame of the Hall of Fame. Roger Clemens, based on numbers alone, oh, yeah. is in the Hall of Fame of Hall of Fames. All right? Sure. So performance is not an issue here. I, a few years back, I don't vote for this, right? I, so my opinion right, doesn't right. matter other than I'm paid for it on this show. But what I would do is if I were in the situation where I had to vote for the Hall of Fame... I would have the standard, have you ever been punished by Major League Baseball for cheating? If the answer is yes, then you don't have my vote. If the answer is no, well, even if I think you've cheated, even if the evidence is pretty clear that you have cheated, if you haven't been punished by Major League Baseball, I'm going to vote you in. And Barry Bonds, we know cheated. Roger Clemens, we know cheated. Neither one of them has ever served a suspension for Major League Baseball for cheating. Neither one. Right. I I think A-Rod has a Rod, yeah, he has, and I think twice. He'll, he'll well, well, it'll be interesting to see how he compares to Clemens and Bonds' first year, right? If he gets more to start off this year than those two guys did, that might signal something different, right? I'll just add, I think if these guys didn't have to give a speech, you'd see more people vote for him. You know, like I Maybe. think because I could see saying the Hall of Fame is a historic preservation place as much as it is an honor and all that stuff. Well, when you vote for Roger Clemens, that means Roger Clemens gets to go do his victory lap and say, ha ha, I got in here and I, and whatever you said about me is wrong and screw you guys and I'm right and you're wrong. If he just was, if it was just, you're in now, we're putting your bust in there, we're saying this and we're going to put on there, these things happened and you have to live with that, but it, you are in the Hall of Fame because it's history. I think that would get more people to vote for him. But now you get to have a speech. You get this big honor and all that kind of gets washed away. I think that's where people say, no, I don't want to vote for him. I'm not letting him in. All the news and notes you need with Inside the NFL coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar Traffic Center. Good afternoon. You'll find an earlier disabled vehicle has cleared from 270 eastbound after US 23. All lanes have reopened, but traffic is still slow as it recovers. And more delays expected on 71 southbound between 670 and East Broad Street. Traffic is delayed there as well. Traffic report is sponsored by Safe Auto Insurance. Safe Auto Insurance offers low down payments and flexible payment options to help their customers stay legal on the road for less. Play it safe with Safe Auto. Give us a call at 1-800-SAFE-AUTO or visit them online for your fast and free quote today. I'm the NRA with fan traffic. Common Man here for Care Heating and Cooling. I'm a big fan of preventative maintenance. Something will eventually go wrong, and if you're not prepared, it is sure to cost you money. That's why I want you to sign up for a care plan. My guys at Care, make sure your heater and AC are running in tip-top shape, taking care of maintenance and staying on top of any potential issues. Surprises suck. Be prepared with a care plan. Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com. When you need a company you can trust.
The radio home of inside jokes that may or may not become stickers for your car. This is Common Man and T-Bone. Hello. Happy Tuesday. Mike Florio is being Mike Florio, but before we get into all of that, mm-hmm. T-Bone has news and notes for us as we go inside the NFL. Common Man and T-Bone's Inside the NFL. Brought to you by my friend Dick Masheter Ford. Open 24-7 at MasheterFord.net. Bone. Well, man, uh, interviews continue for many of the open jobs in the NFL. The Saints will have to be getting involved in that. If you missed that earlier, Sean Payton stepping away. Saints job is now open. Raiders, they requested an interview with Todd Bowles, Buccaneers defensive coordinator. Uh, He has interviewed with three teams about head coaching jobs this month, and this would be the fourth, according to Adam Schefter. So, yeah, busy week or busy, I guess, month for him so far. He's met with the Jags, Bears, and Vikings so far, uh, but is not among the candidates who've been brought back for a second interview in Jacksonville or Chicago. Meanwhile, speaking of your Bears, the Bears appear to be closing in on a new general manager. That would be Ryan Poles, according to ESPN and multiple sources. He's the Chiefs assistant guy. Yes, he is the executive director of player personnel currently with the Chiefs and the Chiefs. The Chiefs and the Chiefs. Uh, He's been a finalist for both the Bears and the Vikings job, which, of course, that's open as well. Vikings are also looking for their replacement for Rick Spielman. And Kwesi Adolfo Mensa has been favored to be hired as the new GM of Minnesota, according to Adam Schefter. So he, for Browns fans, probably are aware of this, but those who aren't, Kwesi Adolfo Mensa has been the Browns vice president of football operations and now is seemingly zeroing in on becoming the new GM of the Vikings. So we'll we'll find out what that means. There are many speculating that he's going to bring along D'Amico Ryans, the 49ers defensive coordinator who they worked together for seven years in San Francisco. That is where Adolfo Mensa came from before coming to the Browns. What's also interesting is that his background, before he ended up getting into the NFL, uh, Adolfo Mensa holds undergrad and master's degree in economics from Princeton and Stanford had several Wall Street ventures as a portfolio manager and commodities trader before getting into the NFL. So he's coming from that world, and there's plenty of others who have done so in the world of sports over the years. But I think it is interesting when you find out the backgrounds of some of the people who are running giant NFL teams, or whatever that's worth. Ronald Torbert is serving as the lead referee for Super Bowl... What are we on? 56, right? I can read Roman numerals. Anyway... NFL announced he is going to get the gig to call the Super Bowl. He started in the NFL in 2010 as a side judge, was promoted to referee in 2014. He has refed six playoff games since then, including twice in the wild card round, four times in the divisional. So this is going to be a pretty big step up for him. His regular season crew averaged 12.3 flags per game, fourth lowest among the league's 17 crews, but... He's not going to be working with those guys. He's going to work with a different group entirely. Makes no sense. Because they're going to go with whoever's got the best resume from each of those places. That's fine. But why wouldn't you have guys that are comfortable with each other, that have worked with each other all season long for the biggest games of the season? For what it's worth, I'm just going to read these names of the guys who are going to call the Super Bowl. 
Brian Neal's the umpire. Down judge is Derek Bowers. Line judge Carl Johnson. Field judge Rick Patterson. Side judge Keith Washington. Back judge Scott Helverson. Replay official Roddy Ames. None of those names are instantly jumping out as like, oh, no, not him. So maybe that's a good thing. Well, I tend to think that's a good thing. I don't know that everybody has the name we of we field and side judges. Right. But we don't know everybody on the crew. No. We know the head guy who talks to us. Yes, that is correct. So anyway, there you go. That's where we currently sit with all of that. Uh, what else do I have for you? I could go into... Do the, Flo- do the Florio stuff. Well... <laughs> Well, there's well. I'll, here's what I'll give you because I was reading a story about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is mad because people are mad at him. And what do you says, mean? No, I thought he didn't care. Aaron Rodgers claims a lot of people root against the Packers only because of his vaccination status, and it's like, why dude, do you care? You go out of your way all the time to talk about how much you don't care. You and Kevin Durant all the time. I don't care what people say. Mouth breathers, right. peons, and then all you do is respond to what other people say. He was talking to Ryan Wood of USA Today, and he said, "There's a lot of people." Tuning in, rooting against us for one reason or one reason only, and it's obviously my vaccination status. Well, and and Florio then does what he does, right? He writes the rest of the article after that quote. And and I, I do agree in principle with this, that Aaron Rodgers is, is not self-aware enough to realize a lot of people didn't want to see him win prior to the whole vaccination thing, whatever you feel about that. There were a lot of people who just said, I don't want to see Aaron Rodgers win because he's good. Why is this breaking news? And he always wins a lot of things, and I don't want to see him get another Super Bowl. Or Throughout sports history, people have picked people that they don't like, and they root against that person. For whatever reason, whether it's Aaron Rodgers not getting vaccinated, whether it's Charles Barkley saying, I'm not a role model, people have always singled out guys they don't like, and they root against those guys. That's the brilliance of sports. But I like how Aaron Rodgers thinks this only happened after everything this this year in the NFL. It's like, no, man, there were a lot of people who didn't want to see you win prior to that. But this is where Florio does the Florio thing, where he says, uh, many regard Rodgers as narcissistic. Many regard him as an a-hole. <laughs> and he writes that out in his article, and then will at some point Florio will complain about how journalism is dead. And it's like, well, I don't know which one you claim to be, right? Because Florio wants to be journalist boy when it's time for credit no, for who broke wants, a story. He wants the best of both worlds. Again, you could agree with that statement or not on Aaron Rodgers. Mike Florio writing that on Pro Football Talk and just flat out, he didn't bleep it. He wrote it out and said, this dude is an a-hole. Somebody else writes that. Oh, yeah. And Oh, yeah. Florio will come out with some breathy piece about how he doesn't have any integrity as a journalist. Florio yesterday was teasing that he has Sean Payton stories about how he almost became the Cowboys coach in a new book that's being released. He teased it yesterday. If anybody else had done that, Florio would be jumping on him saying, he's just clearly trying to sell a book. Where's your integrity? Break the story. If you have a story, it's not about selling books. Apparently, he got enough blowback today where he actually shared some excerpts from the book. He wasn't planning on doing that. People just called him on his own crap from yesterday. Yeah, so it's, it's Mike Florio. How about this? I can hate both Mike Florio and Aaron Rodgers. I live in that universe. Well, you and I I have no journalistic integrity. We can hate anybody that we want (laughs) and tell you about it. (laughs) Stupid idiot. Ohio State's number one. Details next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar Traffic Center. 
Good afternoon. Some slowdowns to watch out for. You are going to find some backups on I-71 southbound between 670 and East Broad Street. Traffic is beginning to build in that area. About a five-minute slowdown in the meantime. This traffic report is sponsored by AutoZone. It's time to say goodnight to that check engine light with the free AutoZone Fix Finder service. It'll help troubleshoot the likely cause of your light for free, so you can drive with peace of mind. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. I'm Leanna Ray with fan traffic. The podcast is brought to you by our friends, Care Heating and Cooling. I end every commercial the same way, telling you to hire care when you need a company you can trust. It's not just a slogan. It's the Care Creed with arms wide open. The way they live their life and the way they strive to be remembered by you, the customer, at the end of every interaction with Care. Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com when you need a company you can trust. Their collective IQ is lower than they think it are. This is Common Man and T-Bone. Big Daddy talking about David Ortiz probably going into the Hall of Fame, being elected into the Hall of Fame. Tonight at 6 o'clock is when that is announced. That is one of the greatest contracts ever. I want to say the contract that the Boston Red Sox signed him to. He was a free agent, played the first five or six years of his career in Minnesota, had varying degrees of success, but he was known as a guy with the Twins that had talent but could never really put that talent together consistently. Never had a season where he drove in more than 75 runs. And that's his game, right? He's not known because he's fleet of foot. No, He's known because he has big power and he plays a power position. And the Minnesota Twins were sort of frustrated with him because he couldn't put every, anything together and let him walk away. And the Red Sox, I think, signed him to a one-year, $1.2 million deal in the offseason. Right. He went there on a one-year deal. He finished top five in the MVP that year. 31 dingers, 101 driven in. That was 2003. And, of course, the next year, he went on to win the World Series with the Boston Red Sox, and he was a major reason why. Of course. Yeah, pretty great contract if you can do that. Get a guy like that to play for that little amount of money, that's probably partially how you win a championship is being able to find those gems. And then, of course, a, it's like we're saying an uncovered gem is David Ortiz. Now, in hindsight, that seems silly, but at the time, you're right. They found a way to make that happen. David Ortiz never won the MVP. But from 2003 to 2007, finished in the top five of MVP voting each of those years. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. 541 home runs. Pretty I know good. for a lot of people, the criteria is if you're going to be in the Hall of Fame, you should have, you know, won the MVP at some point. But there's only so many guys that can do that to be considered for the MVP for a significant portion of your career, I think that qualifies you. I think that puts you in that category. Yeah, I think if you are in that conversation for a lengthy part of your career, which David Ortiz was, and I had forgotten until I looked at the stats, his age 40 season, last year he played in Major League Baseball was 2016. He was 40 years old. In 2016, he hit 315, 38 home runs, Drove in a buck twenty seven. <laughs> at the done. age of forty, I'll take that. That was the, the week, last sure. time we saw him. It's pretty good. And then he almost died. 
Remember yes, that? Yes, because he had the... He was uh, shot in the back. Shot or stabbed? I think it was shot. Okay. I couldn't remember which one, but yes, definitely a, a very scary incident where we thought we might lose him. Yeah. Yeah. So I, it's Hall of Fame today. Can they actually show the players? Because they're part of the Players Association, even when they're retired. Are they allowed to... Are we done past that now, MLB Network? Are yeah, we moving well, on from all that? Or yeah. Hall of Fame's different. Because remember, they couldn't show anybody... They couldn't show you current players. They couldn't discuss current well, David, players. Are, these, aren't, these aren't current players. These are retired players. But they're in the Players Association. That's who they're fighting with. There's not. There's a separate association. David Ortiz is not represented by the Players Union anymore. No? No. So when they... Okay. I didn't know that. There's, like a, it, there's like a legends group. What I'm saying is the MLB Network thing is BS and they know All it. All right. It's I, I agree it's with you. It's stupid. They pick and choose when they want to adhere to it. And then they today they're going to be like, oh, we can talk baseball again. And then tomorrow they'll be like, nope, old games again. Sure. You know whatever. who owns MLB Network. Yes, of course Major I do. Major League Baseball. They're yes, stupid. it's stupid. It's all stupid is what I'm saying. Ohio State is number one, according to them. Name, image, and likeness. They say they're number one. This is according to an Ohio State release. Total of 220 student-athletes have engaged in 608 reported NIL activities with a total compensation value of $2.98 million. All three figures rank number one nationally, according to Open Doors, the cutting-edge services company hired by Ohio State to help its student-athletes with education and resource opportunities to maximize their NIL earning potential. We talked about this yesterday. Ohio State wants to be known as the place to come, not just to have success on the field or the court, but to make money. They want to be known. So they're going to work with their student-athletes to help them make the most money possible. Ohio State is saying, we've already done that. Our athletes earn more than any other student-athletes with NIL. And perhaps that's true. Other schools are also not reporting any of that data, like Ohio State is, to toot their own horn. Now, maybe they will. Well, right. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that go into this, too, because they're talking about the amount of money that's being reported. And I'm not trying to crap on Ohio State. This is what you have to do. This is the game. You have to show how yeah, this is part of recruiting. Now, this you're is, right. You have to show how you are doing it better than other places so that if a player is recruited by you, you can say, yeah, come here. And this is not just for football and basketball. This is for all the sports. You have a chance to come here and make more money than you might anywhere else. Yeah. But. Let's also not forget, Ohio State has one of the largest athletic programs in the country. That is even after the pandemic, right? Where there were, remember, there were a lot of schools that were like, oh, yeah, pandemic, uh, can't have swimming or baseball, bye bye. And then it turned out like those, some of those same schools, then the next year are like, oh, but we're going to pay $100 million for Mel Tucker, Michigan State. Like they, they cut programs and then hired more people. But because you're high, you're cutting more programs. Ohio State has continued to be the biggest athletic department. And so that means you've got more athletes. So you're talking about your total numbers. Yeah, it's big. That's a big deal. I don't know if it's bigger than some of the other schools when they start breaking it down by athlete, per athlete, any of that. But still good. Good to highlight what you're good at, Ohio State. And that's why they're trying to do it. According to On3, which is a website that rates recruits, incoming OSU quarterback Devin Brown is now the number one guy in the 2022 class. Your guy, Devin Brown, should be. My guy? Yeah, he's a protege of your favorite quarterback, Joe Germain. Oh, that's right. It's I forgot it's so him. So this is the kid who's, yes, he, he plays at Corner Canyon High School in, in Arizona. Utah. No, Utah. But 
previous to that was Queens Creek, in which Arizona. is in Arizona. He just yeah. transferred up there this year. That's right. And Joe Germain was his coach earlier on in his high school up until last year. All right, so this is according to On3 recruiting website. Here's my question to you. Knowing how the landscape of college sports has changed, I mean, we thought that Quinn Ewers would, would be around for a while and we'd see what he could do. But, you know, you can get five-star five, five star guys who come in here and don't play a down of football for you, leave for a variety of reasons. Their coach leaves, who recruited them, they don't feel like they have the opportunity to play, they want to make money someplace else, they have the freedom to do it by entering the portal, where in years past, maybe they stick out a bad situation. Here's my question to you. Does Devin Brown ever become the quarterback at Ohio State? The starting quarterback at Ohio State. I mean, there's a very good possibility on it. If I had to bet on it, that's a that's a yeah. much harder thing to figure out. You, man. Let's say you have to put a thousand dollars either way. Ah, uh, gosh. It, well, it, it feels like it would be fifty fifty, right? Because C.J. Stroud, we know, is the quarterback this year. Yes, and then he's. I would guess very likely to have opportunities to go to the NFL and be a high draft pick. You would think the end of so. Season. Okay, but you have another five star guy in right. the room in. Scared, squishy face, Kyle McCord. Yeah, who, so who may he may transfer out too? He may not be the guy because the coaching staff says, "Hey, I got to tell you, Devin Brown, he's got the edge over you." Could be. I. It's that's what I'm saying. It's going to come down to next year, which one of those two guys gets the edge. I would not expect whoever loses the quarterback battle in 2023 to look a year ahead. Whoever does, whoever loses that battle in camp and is not named the starter. That is who I would say is the most likely to transfer out unless it may not happen right away. It could be that that situation happens at the end of a football season where, you know, whoever doesn't win it, waits it out, sees if there's a bad performance or injury and then they get in and they show what they can do and they take over the job. But if that doesn't happen after a year, then yeah, I think that's where we're headed now in college football. And I don't, necessarily think it's a bad thing it's just a real thing like so where are you putting your money stop with the gobbledygook i have no idea well you have to make the bet can i just take my thousand dollars and go home and no. leave the casino no that's stupid all right it's not the fun of the Fine. game joe germain gets devin brown and, and instills in him you stay at ohio state and you will become a winner and so there you go that's devin brown gets the job okay or maybe he gets homesick for joe germain and Joe Germain calls him and says, please come home and suckle at my teat. <laughs> what, what? What? So where would he go then? Then he transfers to Arizona or something. I don't oh, know. okay. It would be Arizona State. I think Queens Creek oh, is like please. a suburb of Arizona uh, State. Phoenix. So. I saw that they added Brian Billick to their staff. Arizona State. <laughs> yeah. Marvin Lewis is already there. And of course, Herm Edwards is the head coach. The average age of the coaching staff is dead now at Arizona State. Yeah. Didn't they have an okay year? I want to say they, they did have an okay year. This year. It started off, first of all, it's the Pac-12. Well, all right. I don't know what that means. What are they supposed to do? Go If they don't go undefeated, then we just don't. Yes. Okay. It started off badly because it looked like Herm may not survive because he had some scandal with some assistants doing things not the right That's way. That's right, yes. And a lot of people thought that Herm was the next domino to fall, but he sort of weathered that storm. They had a sneaky good season. And now Herm has decided to hire all his NFL coaching buddies <laughs> he has. to work on that staff. Yeah, that's kind of, it's it's a weird plan. I'm not saying it's bad because I can see the selling point there of come to our school because no, are we going to win more than some of the other big programs we're recruiting against? 
that's I can't I can't promise you that we're going to try we want to but in the meantime we want to get you to the NFL I'm a former NFL coach I've got 17 other former NFL coaches hanging around here your your player is going to come here and hopefully learn how to be an NFL player if they're talented enough we're going to help get that out of them even if I can't guarantee every guy on the roster is going to the NFL and I can't guarantee that is going to get us to a Pac-12 championship or a playoff berth I can I can tell you your kid though he's really good that's why your five star should come to ASU so we can get him to the NFL. How you doing, Herm? Hello, my guy. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. That's the great thing about sports. Herm Edwards sounds like a politician from 1910 in that clip. I know. <laughs> Doesn't he? You he really. Play to win the game. It sounds the like only thing Israel. we have to fear is fear itself. You play to win the game. Yeah, I'm pretty sure FDR and Winston Churchill had better audio connections than what no that kid. Than that's going on there. Jeez. Uh, Bills coach Sean McDermott sounds like a broken man. Details next. Common Man and T Bone on the fan. Fan traffic from the Meister's Bar Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for slowdowns on Route 315 southbound at 670. There is an accident causing some backups in that area. Police and ODOT crews are now on scene trying to get things clear. Please be very careful in this area in the meantime. Traffic Report is sponsored by Staples Stores. Staples has the tech and tools you need to take on the future of work. This week at the Lenovo IdeaPad 5i with Intel i5 processor for just $549.99. You save $108. In-store only. Offer ends in the 29th. Limit 2. Staples, the working and learning store. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Common man here for care, heating, and cooling. Can I tell you a secret? One of my joys in life is a good clean out. Once in a blue moon, I will take it to the next level. I have an air vent right over the toilet. So when I know a wild ride is coming, I'll turn down the AC a few minutes before it's go time. And then when I sit down, beautiful cold air greets me, blowing in my face as I do the deed. And the only people I trust to keep my crapper temp in tip-top shape, that's Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com when you need a company you can trust. And from every dime a dog night in the Midwest, here's Man and Bone. Rapid Fire coming up at 4.34. Game show in the 5 o'clock hour. What's the game this week, Bone? We are doing Winter Olympics trivia yes. in honor of the Olympics coming up next week. And today, 98 years ago, the very first Winter Olympics took place in 1924. So there's mm. a little bit of history to today, too. Now, it used to be that they were the same. They did the winter and summer mm-hmm. the same year. And the same, I believe... I want to say the same, like rough area of the world had rough to host area, it. like a lot well, of gang activity and stuff. Oh man, that area is rough. <laughs> what I mean is, if it was in North America for the summer, it would also be in North America for the winter. Yeah, well, that's travel I mean. was harder then. You got to get on a like tugboat and that, go places. That that's how you traveled back then. <laughs> tugboat. You traveled across the Atlantic in a tugboat. Yeah. Good. No. No, they didn't sailboat. Just, they didn't just take one boat. They took another boat to tow your boat. In okay, I see. That's get that good. mast up. Mm. Is it a yeah. mast? Get your well. If it was sailing, I don't, I don't know. Were they sailing a lot in 1924? Yeah. Go, no, they. Oh. Well, no, I'm people sailed. I'm saying the the vast mode of transportation, like the Titanic, happened in before 1924. I'm right. going to say before then. That you're right on that. So that's not sailing. It's steam power. Yeah, they had other means. I'm saying yeah. you go across the ocean. 
Yeah. The Lusitania, Mike. I Sunk. Believe. Yeah. By the Germans. In in World War One, yes. right? Okay. Sunk so by not, the Germans. That's pre nineteen twenty four. So I'm saying they were not doing just sailing by then. They were beyond that. Sailing. Take me away. Christopher Cross. Sure. Is that yacht rock? Yes. There you go. Yeah. Yes. yes. When it's time to change. Is that right? Elmo? I did put I did put on uh, on Instagram today a yearbook photo of myself. Oh, you did? From 1996. If you wanted to see some peak puberty common man. I need to go look it up. I didn't go on Instagram you. today. I'll have yeah, to go check it go. out. It's there for you. Well, I'm going to go do it. Go do it. Not now. Doing a show, but nope, after the show. Not doing a show. We're holding the show hostage. Oh, God. Until you do it. Uh, Sean McDermott is the head coach of the Buffalo Bills, and he sounded like a miserable guy today, as he would be, right? Yeah, I bet. Losing that game. 13 seconds, two plays. We know the drill late in that fourth quarter. He said today that he's watched those fateful 13 seconds a million times, both on film and in his head. And he said, I'll continue to watch it in my mind and in my gut for years. He was then asked, like, hey, man, if you had to do it over again, would you have maybe kicked the ball to someone so that, you know, they field it and time runs off the clock? He said, I'm not going to get into the specifics on it. It comes down to execution, and we didn't execute. That's where I was after the game, and that's where I am now. Okay, so you are getting into something because you're saying there was a plan. The plan, anytime a coach says there there was an execution issue, they, our, our guys did not execute. You're saying, I told them to do the right thing. They did the wrong thing. That's how, that's how I look at it, unless he's saying, we didn't execute. I did not execute our game plan. I did not stick to what I thought we should do. That's probably not what he's getting at, though. It sounds like he's kind of throwing his players under the bus there a little bit. He said, if you saw the plane ride on the way home, you would not come away with the impression that we're fine. Everyone has single-minded focus to improve and committed to accomplishing one goal. We're going to be human here and try to get a little bit of rest and get back at it. We'll work tirelessly to do that and go about it the right way. We're disappointed, and it's going to hurt for some time. If we all face it the right way and carry with it and learn from it, we'll eventually get to our ultimate goal as an organization. I want that for our fans. I also saw it today, and some people are pushing back on this. I don't necessarily understand why. That if Brian Dayball, who is the offensive coordinator for the Bills, gets a head coaching job, that Josh Allen, the quarterback of the Bills, would have input on who the next offensive coordinator should be. And I don't, I don't know why that's out of bounds. We've Look, I know that Josh Allen isn't LeBron, and I know that Josh Allen isn't Aaron Rodgers. Maybe he will be one day. But he's also a guy that you've signed to a long-term expensive contract. We think he's pretty good. His comfort is paramount in terms of him having success and your team having success. Why would you want to bring a guy in who doesn't see eye-to-eye with the quarterback, who the quarterback is not comfortable with. Now, I, I I used to fall into that a little bit of saying, why does the quarterback get more say in something like that than, say, a wide receiver or an offensive lineman who also has to work with that guy? But the difference is you have one quarterback. You have a bunch of offensive linemen. You have a bunch of receivers. You have a few running backs. You have a couple tight ends. Like, those positions can change over. You can swap a guy out, get a better guy. You can draft someone at left tackle, etc. But now I... If you're hiring an offensive line coach, you might run it by your stud left tackle 
who might yeah, have a contract say, here. If Stefan Diggs signs an extension worth $150 million, you don't think he's involved in those discussions too? Right. And also, I think people get caught up on he he will have input. Input is not final say. Right. Input is, hey, man, what do you think? Have you heard, you know, have you any impressions on this guy? Or is there someone of these group of candidates we're talking to that you really want to work with? Or, or no, you don't have any opinion at all on this. You're just here to play football. That could be the case too. But input is not, uh, input's a good thing. If you're, if you're a good leader, you should seek out what the people you're leading have to say about an issue and figure out what of their feedback is worthwhile and what of it is something you can maybe discard. So that's, yeah, that's, that's not a bad sign at all. They're going to talk to the guy who's most likely to be impacted by a change of offensive coordinators if that occurs. Two of my favorite guys, Urban Meyer and Dan Dockich, had a conversation. This is on Dockich's Outkick podcast. Don't at me with Dan Dockich. Is he still on the radio in India? Or did he I think he is. Away? And right, he also does this. Okay. Anywho, uh, here's what Urban had to say. Used to be in college, the reality is you spend 75% of your time recruiting. In professional football, there's no recruiting. So it's all scheme and it's all roster management. You're getting guys rolling in on your organization on a Tuesday and they're going to play for you on a Sunday. So there's some obvious differences to those two games. He said about losing, it was the worst experience I had in my professional lifetime. What really got me, I almost don't want to say people accept it. I mean, you lose a game and you just keep, I would seriously have self-talk it eats away at your soul. Eats away at your soul. Yeah. We can't. We can't ever have Urban talk about losing without bringing up what it does to his soul. But to no one else, Mike. No, like you just mentioned, Sean McDermott. He, does he sound like a guy who is uh, likes losing, enjoys losing, or does he sound like someone who it's also eating away at his soul? That thirteen seconds are the difference between him being in the AFC title game and being on a plane back well, home. How, how I read this when he says. And again, I'm reading text. I'm not hearing him talk. Sure. What really got me, I don't, I almost don't want to say people accept it. And then he caught himself. He says, I mean, you lose a game and you just keep, and he trailed off. Yeah. I would seriously have self-talk. To me, that is Urban saying, the coaches I had on my staff didn't care about losing as much as I cared about losing. Well, that's always been for those who defend Urban at all costs, no matter what he does, that's always the thing that's brought up is like, this guy, really, you don't understand how much he hates to lose. Yeah, I think I do, because I think a lot of people hate to lose. They're just better at handling that. They're they're better at handling their emotions and their outbursts and the way they act after a loss than this giant man baby is. So, no, I do understand that people don't like to lose. I have seen, dude, I'm reading a book right now about the Knicks. You know, the Knicks were a shot away from winning the title in the NBA in the 90s against the Rockets, those years where, you know, Jordan was out, that that one year where he was gone completely from the NBA, that year, they were a shot away. John Starks had the ball on his hand. They said after he missed that shot, and it would have won game six for them, and they would have been done, and they would have gone home and been champs. They said John Starks could not sleep for days after that. They said after the game, he stood in the shower for an hour. And they had to pull him out and say, dude, we got to go play a game in a couple days again. You got to get back into this. And he never did. He had one of the worst performances ever. People hate losing. They don't, they just don't act like Urban does when they lose because 
They know they have to go be professionals. And I don't think that's a justification for Urban being the ultimate competitor. That's a justification for Urban having some issues with dealing with how to lose. He also talked about not how he didn't kick the punter. I'll tell you what he had to say coming up next. Plus, we have Rapid Fire. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for an accident causing heavy slowdowns on Route 315 southbound at 670. Police and ODOT crews remain on scene trying to get things cleaned up. You'll also find an accident on I-70 eastbound at Wilson Road. This is an injury crash. Please use caution. Strapping report is sponsored by Ace Hardware West Jefferson, now hiring. Looking for a long-term career? Ace Hardware is now hiring. They're recruiting for CDL truck drivers in the West Jefferson Distribution Center. They offer great pay and benefits with a $10,000 sign-on bonus. Apply now at acehardware.com. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. The podcast is brought to you by our friends, Care Heating and Cooling. I end every commercial the same way, telling you to hire care when you need a company you can trust. It's not just a slogan. It's the Care Creed with arms wide open. The way they live their life and the way they strive to be remembered by you, the customer, at the end of every interaction with Care. Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com when you need a company you can trust. Broadcasting live from the Tacoma Dome, here's Man and Bone. Before we do rapid fire, uh, more on Urban, talking to Dan Dockich on his podcast, Don't At Me, with Dan Dockich. I said punter, it was kicker, Josh Lambeau. He was asked about that, where Josh Lambeau says he kicked him, and Urban said, make your effing kicks, dip thing. <laughs> Make your bleep and kick dip bleep dip dip bleep thing. <laughs> uh, here's what Urban said. You know, when you come out and say there was a player kicked, that's not true. That's not true at all. To say I didn't tap him with my foot to kick someone? Come on. I've done this 37 years. Kick a player? The other players came up to me and said we saw the whole thing because I'd mostly forgotten about it. All right, two things. First of all, Urban pretty much acknowledges that he did tap him. Took his right. foot and did something right. to him. He took his foot right. and did something. So he said there was some contact made. If you think that's egregious, whatever. Josh Lambeau clearly did. Urban saying he'd forgotten about the whole damn thing does not surprise me because the guy is probably a pudwack 99% of the day. <laughs> you know? He's like, which guy did He's I like, Who did I offend today? Mess with I mean, today? I, yeah, I don't I even remember that. A bunch of guys today. Who was it? Oh, the kicker. Yeah, I hate that guy. I didn't kick him. I tapped him. I put my foot up his cracky, which is different than putting my hand up some strange girl's cracky, which I also did. <laughs> Can I just add, by the way, that I don't know if anybody you know who watched this past weekend of the NFL, I, I don't know, maybe if you could try to be an NFL coach in 2022 going forward, just a little word of advice. Don't run up to anyone who might be potentially in a position to have any type of kicking designation, whether that is making a great punt to help you win a playoff game. We just saw three of the four playoff games come down to a last minute field goal. You don't, you don't think that might just be a good thing to get your kickers on your side, not have adversarial. I know the whole football guy thing from 5 million years ago is like, ah, kickers aren't real football players. Who cares? Kickers are out there winning you real football games. Doesn't that matter? I would say maybe don't, Piss off your kickers. That'd be my thought. If you're going to hire me as a coach, I will promise I will not get in the kicker's way. I'll just let them go kick. Rapid fire. Let's do it. Rapid, rapid fire. 
sponsored by Custom Air. Custom Air. Custom Solutions. Custom Comfort. All right, Teddy, let's do it. Rapid fire number one. Rank the four remaining NFL playoff teams from best to worst. All right, no commentary, just names. Here we go. Chiefs, Rams, Bengals, 49ers. Damn you. That's, same, what, I, that's what I have to. All right, let's go. Yeah. Rapid fire number two. All right. Which is more likely to happen, Brady starting next season as the Buccaneers quarterback or Rodgers as the Packers quarterback? Look, I may not like Aaron Rodgers on a personal level. I respect his greatness. I thought it was ridiculous when you know his own team wanted to get in a pissing match with him last offseason. Served no purpose because he was still playing at such a high level. I think everybody in that Packer organization is on the same page. Everyone who's coming out is saying, we love him, please come back. Oh, we love him so much. He can do anything he wants. Aaron Rodgers has won. There was a power struggle in that organization. Aaron Rodgers knows he has won. Everything he says they will do, I think he's come to terms with that. And that's why I say he will go back to the Packers. I'm not sure on Tom Brady. I am sure Aaron Rodgers goes back to the Packers. Yeah, I'm the same on Rodgers also for the for the whole point of, you know, everything that's been said supposedly about Aaron Rodgers not wanting to be there and all that stuff. I think he's all talk. I think he talks a lot. He tells you, I don't care about this. I don't care about that. And he does care. So what I hear come out of his mouth, I'm going to go the opposite way. But yeah, I think he's going to want to be there and stay there. Rapid fire number three. Will the NFL change the overtime rule for next season? No. no. No, the the NFL no. is never reactionary, and that can be good or bad. It, that's not to say it maybe won't change in five years, but I don't think they changed the rule based on what we saw this past weekend. They should. They should they're, have changed okay, it a long time ago, but, but they won't. they're not. Right. And even if they do, it won't be the sensible thing, which is just play a quarter. Yeah. It's going to have some other wrinkle to it, which makes no sense. Rapid fire number four. All right, we brought up tennis instructor Emilosh from Seinfeld last week because of the new crew player. I want you guys to give me a couple of your favorite fictional athletes from TV or film. They will probably all come from Rocky, right? You got Rocky Balboa, you got Apollo Creed, Ivan Drago, Clubber Lang. I mean, I have a few others. I do have Rocky as, yes, all those characters you mentioned are great. I'm going to add in uh, Jesus Shuttlesworth from right. He Got Game, Ray okay. Allen, master class there in acting as also a real basketball player. And then, of course, how could we forget young Henry Rowan Gardner from your favorite team, Mike, the Chicago Cubs. You love him so much. Little little kid goes out there, breaks his arm, and can mm-hmm. throw 100 miles an hour. I like it. And then he can't, and he has to float it. Spoiler alert, float it in. Like mom told him how to do. If I had to pick a baseball character, though, I think it would be Willie Mays Hayes. Wesley Snipes Willie Mays Hayes, not yeah. Omar Epps yes, Willie yes, Mays Hayes. Yes, that's very good. Rapid fire number five. Yesterday was National Peanut Butter Day. What's your favorite brand of peanut butter and what's your favorite treat that contains peanut butter? Jif Creamy, all day, every day. I'm not a Skippy person. Skippy can kiss my ass. Uh, and my favorite treat is the Reese's seasonal shapes, like the tree or the egg or the heart or the pumpkin. To me, that has the perfect type of chocolate peanut butter mix for Uh, my liking. I, too, am a choosy mom, and I choose Jeff. Uh, But also, I I I actually wrote down Reese's peanut butter eggs. Now, does anybody remember those, gosh, what were they called, like PB Max? Yes, I remember PB Max. Do you remember that? It was a cluster of, like, crunchies. 
wrapped in chocolate and peanut butter was inside of that. Mm -hmm. That has been gone for probably 30 years. But if that candy ever came back, that's all I'm ever buying. That's the that I would that would instantly Reese's go to hell. I'd PB Max all day. Some fighting words. Now, if I had to take Reese's out of the equation, it would be peanut butter M&M's. That's a good one, too. I'd forgotten about. I don't know how I forgot Delicious. about peanut butter M&M's. I've I, told you my thing with peanut butter M&M's. Yes, and I... Where I, I, have, I have to squish them before I eat them. You told me that. that this is, you, so every one of them you I squish take my and th- then you I take my thumb and my index finger, yeah. and I squish them, and then I eat them. I tried that once. Not a fan. Like, I did it for two or three of them, All and I was right. like, this is... No, no, I'm saying, I thought maybe you were onto something that I was missing out on, so of course I'm going to try something if I hear something new. I'm going to say, all right, let's see if that's better. No, not for me. Fur coat-wearing drunk guy loves Joe Burrow. Details next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for a serious accident blocking the two left lanes of I-70 eastbound at Wilson Road. This is an injury crash with emergency crews on scene. Please be very careful over here as traffic continues to build. This traffic report is sponsored by Safe Auto Insurance. Safe Auto Insurance offers low down payments and flexible payment options to help the customers stay legal on the road for less. Play it safe with Safe Auto. Give us a call at 1-800-SAFE-AUTO or visit them online for your fast and free quote today. Only an array with fan traffic. Common Man here for Care Heating and Cooling. I'm a big fan of preventative maintenance. Something will eventually go wrong, and if you're not prepared, it is sure to cost you money. That's why I want you to sign up for a care plan. My guys at Care make sure your heater and AC are running in tip-top shape, taking care of maintenance and staying on top of any potential issues. Surprises suck. Be prepared with a care plan. Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com. When you need a company you can trust. Just a couple of guys touching rim and sucking on breath mints. This is Man and Bone. Game show coming up at 534. What's the game this week, Bone? We are going today to do a game show about the Winter Olympics. And all that is entailed there. Although it's not going to be like records and all that stuff. It's more about when did these things happen. You'll see. It'll be a lot of fun. All right. Uh, Joe Burrow has a big fan. That big fan enjoys fur coats and drinking. I want to kiss you. Joe Namath, Broadway Joe. Yes. Mm -hmm. Here's what he told Jeff Hobson of the Bengals team website. I know Cincinnati can win this game. I'm sorry. I know Cincinnati can win this game. Uh, Chad Clay uh, impresses me the same thing impresses them. <laughs> uh, here's what Joe Namath said impressed him about Joe Burrow. <laughs> I like this first line. This is good analysis that you can only get from a former professional athlete. First of all, I liked his passing abilities. Oh, yes. As a quarterback, Me that's too. what you found good about him? I liked his physical movement. He's smooth, you see. I couldn't tell he was as big as he is, 6'4". I just liked the way he moved around from one place to the other under control. He was very impressive at LSU, and watching him grow at this early stage, man, it just tickles me. I, I you know, that sideline bit that you're playing there of all the times where he was... You know, in that interview with Susie Colbert, very embarrassing, drunk, not good. I want to kiss you. Presumably, they came up to him at some point prior to the interview and said, do you mind being interviewed on camera? And perhaps what he should have said at that point is, yes, I do mind. I I am drunk. 
I am having a good time. I am not here to do this. Please do not put me on camera. And perhaps now when reporters call him and say, why don't you break down a quarterback? Maybe you should also say, you know what? I'll just let other people do that. I'm okay. Uh, he said he can flat out play. What's the rest of it? He I just know he's going to continue to grow with more experience, too. It's been good so far playing big-time ball. I can only see him continuing. If Lady Luck keeps him safe, he's going to be around and sensational for a long time. Somebody elect this man president. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't really... Uh... I don't know there's much more to add to that, Mike. I mean, he no, pretty much nailed Joe he, Burrow, he right? Nailed I've got every bit it. of it you want. What do you like about him? Why well, he moves, and I he's like. tall, and he passes. Got it. Thanks, Broadway Joe. Hey, Joe, what do you like about uh, Derrick Henry? I got to tell you, this guy can run the ball. He's tough He is to a tackle. good running back. He he's runs big. really well. Big guy. And he runs a lot without falling down by himself. <laughs> That's always a good trait. <laughs> Ah, that's good. Good job. Glad we talked to him. Glad somebody went and said, hey, why don't we get your opinion on Joe Burrow? By the way, speaking of the Bengals game, uh, Marco, boss here at the radio station, he puts all the schedules together, Mm -hmm. what we're going to air, what we're not going to air. Yeah. He is nervous about airing the Bengal game on Sunday. Here's why. We have a Buckeye basketball game that should be over by what, Teddy? Two, two thirty for Buckeye basketball? Well, the game should be over around two, and then there's the hour about an hour post game, so it'll be done, wrapped up, hopefully by three o'clock. Okay, three o'clock. The Bengals are supposed to kick at three o five. The issue that we have is that Blue Jackets pregame starts at six thirty for their game that night, mm-hmm. and we of course are contractually obligated to run the Columbus Blue Jackets. We just can't not run that game, and we can't not run the pregame show. We have to take the entire thing, and their pregame show starts at 6.30. We run the risk of Bengals are playing, and the game goes long, or they're in overtime, and it's dramatic moment. People are listening to the Bengal game, and then we cut out to join Blue Jackets pregame, and people get pissed off. So he doesn't know what to do. My suggestion was, we air the Bengal game, we take that risk, we take that risk that the game will be over by 6.30, by the time Blue Jacket pregame starts, if it doesn't end by then, the game will also be on 1460 ESPN, and it will suck for people, but they can change the channel, listen to it there. Yeah, I mean, the other option is you just make the Blue Jackets mad and just finish out the game. Well, we can't We can't do that. <laughs> it's not about making the Blue Jackets mad. It's about making their attorneys mad. That's what it would be. Yes. I've been told we cannot do that. Yes, that would be... A breach of the contract. That would not be good. Now, if the Blue Jackets were nice, what they should say is, we understand it's a big game. Mm. We'll hold off on the pregame show. That's not ever going to happen. No professional sports team is going to say, oh, you want to run some other professional sport than us? I I get All they do is want to hitch their wagon to winners because every time an Ohio team does well, it's like, we're all in this together. Hashtag Ohio. Love love the Blue Jackets. There's nothing wrong with... I, all right, that's fine. They yeah. don't compete against I'm any of those sa- teams. I'm, I'm, that's fine. I'm not saying delay the start of your game. Game no. don't start till seven. Oh, you're saying maybe the football just... game will be over by seven? Yeah. Of course. Well, let's hope. Come on. I mean, I hope football sure. game be over by seven o'clock. I'm just saying maybe forego the pregame show so that we can air the I Bengal game I in its entirety. Yeah, would the uh, Buckeye basketball team do that for the Jackets? Then no. 
No way. We get Skip on the phone and no, say, hey, <laughs> Skip, we want to push this back a little bit, you know. They're not, I know what the you're saying. I know what you're saying. They're never going to do it. He should. No one's going to do We should that. all work together. I, hey, for I'm the benefit you. of this radio station and no one else. Well, for the benefit of our listeners. Let's yeah. be real. That's what we're talking about here. We're talking about you. Well, what's the alternative, though? We just don't run the Bengal game? I agree. I would rather take the risk, and if you do end up chopping off the end of the Bengals game as much as that would suck, you have to contractually honor what you got to do. But. All right, so we've decided, Marco, I think, has decided to do that. So if you happen to be listening to the game, and it's 6.30, and there's 13 seconds left to go, <laughs> Joe Burrow has the football, and you're like, this is going to happen. He's going to do He's it. He's going to reverse do it to Pat Mahomes. And... All of a sudden, it's, you know, Dylan Tyner coming on saying, Hello, everybody. Welcome to Blue Dragon Talkie. And my, he sounds like Rimmer in my head. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sure. You know, I'm saying you know, we have to do that. Right, of we, course. We have to do it. I like how we're telling our audience, hey, just so you know, we have to run Blue Jackets games. What? Come on now. You know what I'm saying. Right. No, I do know what you're saying, and you are right. We do have to run Blue Jackets games. We are contractually obligated to run the game. And by the way, if Buckeye basketball were in the same situation, I'd be saying the same thing. We are contractually obligated to run Ohio State Athletics. Yeah. I mean, one of those teams is a little more competitive this All year right. than the other, but, but if, I if get the what Buckeye, you're If the Buckeyes were playing ooey pooey... Yeah, and it's going to yeah, be a yeah. dog that's game. Fair. They're going to win by 50. We still that's have to fair. run that game. Yes, you're right. That's fair. Italy, please. Well, you know what? what I'd rather it's playing on Sunday. Take the risk. What does it matter? It's a good no, team. It matters. If it's a good team, that that could be bad. If it's a bad team, I still don't have like a ton of hope. So who are they playing? What do you Teddy? Want? Montreal. Oh, that's a bad team. That's a bad team. That is a bad team. Hey, could get a win. But if you don't, you'll just say, I don't want to watch any more hockey the rest of the year. So that's yay, positive vibes. Yippee! If they're lo- if they're Fun losing dip. to Montreal, they just stop the broadcast <laughs> and pipe in the football game. <laughs> they actually just replay the football game for the third period. They're like you know what? Here you go. Here's the Bengals game again. Enjoy. If you've missed anything from the first two hours of the program, we got you covered with the rundown coming up. Common Man and T Bone on the fan. Fan traffic from the Meister's Bar Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for heavy slowdowns on I-71 northbound at 11th Avenue. There is an accident causing some backups over there. ODOT crews are on scene trying to get things cleaned up, but please be very careful as traffic continues to build. This traffic report is sponsored by eBay Motors. Getting stuck in traffic is part of owning a car. Getting stuck because you don't have the right parts doesn't have to be. That's because eBay Motors has all the right parts at the right prices. 122 million of them. So keep moving and moving in style at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. I'm Leanna Ray with fan traffic. Common Man here for Care Heating and Cooling. I'm a big fan of preventative maintenance. Something will eventually go wrong, and if you're not prepared, it is sure to cost you money. That's why I want you to sign up for a care plan. My guys at Care make sure your heater and AC are running in tip-top shape, taking care of maintenance and staying on top of any potential issues. Surprises suck. Be prepared with a care plan. Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com. When you need a company you can trust. Do you want a sports talk show with two guys who actually know what they're talking about? Oh, sorry. This is Common Man and T-Bone. Go to wherever you get your audio. Search Common Man and T-Bone. You will see our cartoon faces pop up. Subscribe to the podcast. It's free. Every single show comes right to your device. 
even some special episodes like flashback stuff, weekend shows. Although, I did get wind that Neil Young has said to Spotify, it's either me or Common Man and T-Bone. Oh. So Spotify may kick us off. I was uh, unaware of those developments. Yes. Why does Neil Young he care hates, about... He, I don't, he just hates us. That's, well, that's fine. I hate him. So, <laughs> good. Feelings neutral. I'm not attached to any of your music. If it never existed, I wouldn't care. He's going to beat our ass. I don't care. Good. Let him come at me, old man. Let's go. Game show coming up at 534. What's the game? We're doing Winter Olympics trivia, Mike. Got that coming up next week. First Winter Olympics happened 98 years to go. I'm, years to go? Years, years, ago years ago today. I'm years excited ago today. about it. Yeah, you love the Winter Olympics. I do. I really enjoy the Winter Olympics because I like the risk of death. I don't want to see death. No, I know. But there's something thrilling about watching somebody go 90 miles an hour on ice knowing that bad things could happen. See, that's. I still think that's weird. Because I like I like watching the bobsled. I like watching the luge to a degree, but the speed is what I enjoy. Like you brought up earlier, racing. I like the speed. The pure speed of it is very intriguing. And if you could if there was a way to say, I guarantee in luge, you can go, they'll go hundred miles an hour down this, you know, pathway, the the track. But we guarantee it is it is like these guys all have invincibility powers and they can't die. No but then matter everybody what would lose. That's the thing. It takes no, a special no. person He's, to do this. I don't think it's just that. I think it's that it's a skill. Like I'm, I'm saying, well, of course it's a skill. But there's a reason why guys like me and you don't decide to lose. We can't fit on the sled. Well, aside from that. <laughs> By the way, you'd be an excellent loser because you get all the weight going. (laughs) The mass. I'd have the body mass going, yeah. There's a reason why most people say, I'm not doing that. That's crazy. Want to know why that's crazy? Because you could die. But I'm saying, at some point, we would still... Okay, let's say there were a million losers that signed up the next day. It was like, if you do lose, you won't die. I would still find luge interesting for the speed i don't need the threat of death that's what i'm saying obviously in the real world you can't go fast without death but if you told me guaranteed no one can get injured doing this it's just going to be super super fast let's see who's the best at going fast that's what i'm interested in i'm not interested like the threat of death does nothing for me i don't need that i don't care for it i'm a sick person i guess and again i don't want to see death Although You're I saying think, the threat of it being there makes it more dangerous and thus more enticing to you, right? Yeah, I mean, the danger is what you're there I, I for. I said this earlier. I think, you know, it's the same thing when you're watching a, a car race and these cars are going 200, 220 miles an hour and they're getting close to rubbing wheels and you never know what the hell's going to happen. You don't want to see somebody crash and get hurt, but the, the threat is well, there okay. and that makes it more interesting. Let me ask you this question. Like, I, I don't watch, it's not even a thing you really watch. Just occasionally someone says, I'm going to work, I'm going to walk across a high wire, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to do that. High wire, walking, those guys. I don't know why anybody wants to do that, but they do. If they say, I'm working with a net or I'm working without a net, I either want to see that or I don't because I know it takes an immense amount of skill. I would prefer to watch it if I know there is a net. Because I don't want there to be the possibility that guy falls to his death. So when they do the thing where they're like, we put it between two skyscrapers, and this guy's going to walk across. I, I would prefer a pit of fire. 
See, that's I, the difference that's, that's what I'm me. saying. I don't. I actually prefer the net because I don't need to know the guy's going to die or has the potential to die. I don't want him to die no, I know, either. I know you don't, but I get what you're saying that the potential of it being there is making it more dangerous. It's like and these, thus- these free climbers. They can climb the mountain with harnesses on. They've yes, done that a million right, times. Why, right. do they, why do they take the harness off? Because it's harder to do. When you know there's a threat of something bad happening to you, that weeds out 90% of the people that want to do that thing. Yeah, it does. But I, I'm saying I don't care. That's <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I don't care. Well, and I'm sure a psychiatrist would look at you and say, you are the healthier individual. No, here. I'm not even saying it for that reason. I think there's a lot of people that are with you because, you know, if, if you said, hey, we can watch this MMA fight, but at the end of it, both guys are going to get up and walk away just fine. They both there'd hug be, and... Well, there'd be some people who say, I really enjoy the technicality of fighting, and there'd be some people who say, oh, you mean there's not going to be any blood? Nobody has a potential, like, breaking their leg or something? I don't know if I'm as interested in it. And I'm I'm not saying one's right or wrong. I'm saying I'm definitely in the get up and hug it out afterwards, bro. I'd rather watch that than one where I know there's going to be blood and guts everywhere. What's your favorite Winter Olympic sport? Mm. I you know what I have always thought that the downhill skiing, which again has its own yeah, elements of danger, man, and that always terrifies me. But yeah, I've I've always thought that's pretty insane when they are going at like whatever a hundred miles an hour down a icy slope there's That's an element of danger craziness. to like 90 percent of the stuff in the winter olympics where you've got the skiing you've got the skeleton the luge the bobsled you have uh what's the other one i was gonna say i don't know oh ski jump well, that's, yes. that's, a, that's certainly ski jump. Was, oh, speed skating, even speed skating. Speed skating, sure. They're going so fast. Those guys wipe out. They can catch a blade someplace. Well, figure skaters are even, think about that. You, I'm not saying it's the same as going down a luge track, you know, but you are going up doing these triple twirl things that if you land it wrong, your knee explodes, right? Yep. Or, or if you slip and fall, you crash into the board. They're going really fast. I'm always amazed at the power of this of the figure skaters where they're going around and they're gaining all that speed to do the big spin at the end. And you see like, man, if they just miss on that, they're crashing into these boards at a very fast rate of speed. That's not good. Mm-hmm. Not quite as dangerous as skeleton. I'll give you that. But you're right. It almost. No, the figure skating I like. The ice dancing I do not like. No, ice dancing. No, I, I don't need the dancing. What are you? How are you feel about the biathlon? The uh, ski, cross-country skiing, and, skiing and, shooting and shoot a shoot a laser, whatever it is now. Oh, they don't have real bullets? No. I don't they know. They got rid of... I would hope not. I don't, I don't know. They're out there shooting live ammo. Someone's got to score this, right? Are we doing that now? I don't know. Yikes. <laughs> Wrong day. But I hope not. I hope we're not <laughs> loaded weapons out there just <laughs> skiing around. I, Teddy. Look and see if the guns are loaded. I think they even for like pistol and stuff, they don't even shoot real bullets now. The, like the actual shooting sports, they well, they do that, like a... I want to see real bullets. I think they're shooting a... like a dig, There's a digital... <laughs> shooting a digital thing. That's almost what I said. I think that's how that works. I think we should have dueling in the Olympics. <laughs> like Old West. <laughs> Aaron Burr and Alexander <laughs> Hamilton. That's right. Make it happen. Real guns, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, then uh, we'll really weed out some people. You're right. I don't think you're going to have a lot of competitors for that. But guess I bet what? your liver guy will do it. Oh, the liver king dude? Li- yeah. Liver king. Oh, God, that guy. Stop showing me things on the internet. I never see things <laughs> unless you show them to me. Because I hate humanity enough. I don't need to look at more idiots on the internet. You don't want to watch a guy like do 50 shot glasses of egg yolks no. before breakfast? No. 
How many followers does Liver King have? Oh, like millions. All right. There's a lot of people okay. following this psychopath. I think he smells. He's, I'm sure he does. Teddy, are the guns loaded or not? Come on. So far, it looks like they're using uh, 22 calibers uh, you know, for the ammunition. Really? Oh, so they got real, real ammo Real bullets there. out there, huh? That's what I'm seeing so far, yeah. All I, right, I'm well, not 100% positive, but it looks like that's what they're using. Okay. All right, I want to add, I want to make it a third, I want to add a third thing. I know that would be triathlon, but bear with me. I say instead of shooting a target, we have like whatever, whatever region of the country you're in, whatever animal is there that is used for food, mm-hmm. right? Like we have a lot of deer around here. People eat venison. All right. Maybe moose, well, caribou. I'm saying... Take you have to take you, you cross country ski out to the place there you have to you have to bring back something mm-hmm. that you've killed and you have to bring it back on your back while skiing. What if it's one of your other competitors? No, no, no an animal. <laughs> you got got Bill on his you back. Bring an animal. You killed Bill, and then you can feed like the I don't know feed a homeless shelter with the meat. And uh, there you go. There's a little positive humanity thing coming right, out of that. I like that. I'm saying let's add, let's add that into it. Because I guess what that was initially called in my research I was doing today for this game show, they said that sport, biathlon, was actually called like, it wasn't snow patrol, but that's what it made me think of. Something along <laughs> the lines of patrolmen or something where they, it was more like this is what people in the military had to do. They would go out in the snow and carry a gun and they had to shoot targets and they'd ski back. And so that was the genesis of that sport. Now it's just biathlon. They do this, but yeah, I say throw it, throw a, maybe it's like a sack of sand or something to simulate that you have shot an animal and bring that back. Oh, so you don't want the actual animal. You could, but if let's say maybe they, you know, maybe you got somebody who's vegan. Who's like, I'm a biathlon person. I'm not ready to shoot animals. All right, fine. Then, then you get a sack of sand you have to drag back. But it weighs like 80 pounds. You maybe bring it maybe back. what you do... What was that bad Stone Cold Steve Austin movie called where he was on an island? The Condemned? The Condemned, all, right. It's called All of Them. Where they just... They let prisoners free oh, God, on this yes. island. I remember. And they're, they're hunted. They're hunted. What? So maybe yes. what they should do is they let like some convicted terrorists free convicted in the woods terrorists. well you don't want suspected terrorists you want you know right. convicted they're guilty you throw them out in the woods and have liver king go out <laughs> and hunt hunt the terrorists that's, he, he's all about hunting that's his thing simulated hunts you bring back a so terrorist you're, you're saying before all your other people you're saying you, you win you would fight terrorism with more terrorism that's a bold strategy well, they're they're bad people. <laughs> All right, so you go and we... you get them again. And you know what? If right. the if the convicted terrorist escapes no. without getting hunted Why by Liver we... King, well, Why? then he's out. He's Why out. Why would you take the risk? No, he's out. That's stupid. You got to give him a chance. Why? Bone. No, you don't. We no. The chance was don't be a terrorist. We've caught you being a terrorist. You're going to jail, and we're keeping you there for a right, rundown. Common Man and T-Bones, The Rundown. The Rundown. Sean Payton, Saints head coach, is stepping away. Not retiring, stepping away. So he'll go and probably be a broadcaster for a year. And then I assume he'll take a job next year. The, you know, He's been connected to that cowboy job. Maybe that's a possibility. The Saints will retain his rights. He's got three years left on his deal. So even if he wants to coach next year, there's going to have to be some compensation worked out. Yeah. Uh, everything with this seems very coy because Sean Payton in his, you know, exit press conference today said, yeah, you know, I, I, uh, I'm just stepping away to 
evaluate what I want to do. And someone said, have you thought about doing TV? And he's like, oh, gosh, TV. Mm. I, I I could see myself. I, don't know. I could see my. No, he said I could see myself doing TV, but no, I talk to anybody. No, I haven't done that. Yeah, right. OK. You think about coaching again? Oh, I, it's too soon to say. I don't even know what opportunities could exist. I mean, everything is very clear here, right? Aikman's going to Amazon. He's going to Fox. He's going to wait till Mike McCarthy's dumb enough that Jerry Jones says, all right, get out of here. And then who do I hire? The guy who's on my TV every week, Sean Payton. That's what's happening. Cowboys in 2023. Mark it down. Common Man and T-Bones. The Rundown. The Rundown. Uh, There's something happening in sports that I just don't understand. I'll tell you what it is coming up next. And I I continue to say that hunt a terrorist should be (laughs) an Olympic sport. Get great ratings. No, I <laughs> great ratings. I was I was saying hunt like a pest animal. I was not saying hunt. Are you? Humans. But I took it to the next level. You took it to another place. Yes, terrorists are not even humans anymore. They're subhumans. Well, you said that, and you said let's have tombstone be an Olympic sport where we just have the OK corral and a duel. Oh, I thought you meant <laughs> no, not the pizza. Make, make the frozen no. pizza as quickly as you can. <laughs> no, I, I, I finished. No, I meant I'm your Huckleberry. That tombstone. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> say it. Say it again. I'm your Huckleberry. I'm your, hey, everybody. I'm your Huckleberry. What was I saying? I don't know. Something's coming up next. A great traffic report. Mm, that's by right. Leanna you know Ray. that. Leanna would watch Hunted Terrorist in the Olympics. Absolutely. Leanna was a former biathlon athlete. Not many people know that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. She's a big hunter. Too. Well, but it was only like, no, she's not hunting. She was just doing the target practice and then skiing, but it was only to go to pizza destinations in the three block radius of where she lives. Yeah. So she skied there. She brought like target practice just to like shoot the wall and then drove back or skied back. That's what she did. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar Traffic Center. Good evening. Watch out for an accident on I-70 eastbound at Wilson Road. It is blocking the left lane, causing some heavy slowdowns in this area. Watch out for the emergency crews still on scene. You'll also find an accident has cleared from I-71 northbound at 11th Avenue. All lanes have reopened, but traffic is still slow as it recovers. This traffic report is sponsored by BioNTech and Pfizer. Come rain or shine, high winds or mild breezes, blue skies or gray, it's a great time to consider getting vaccinated against COVID-19. Sponsored by BioNTech and Pfizer. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. The podcast is brought to you by our friends, Care Heating and Cooling. I end every commercial the same way, telling you to hire care when you need a company you can trust. It's not just a slogan. It's the Care Creed with arms wide open. The way they live their life and the way they strive to be remembered by you, the customer, at the end of every interaction with Care. Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com when you need a company you can trust. You wanted the best. Instead, you got these two. This is Common Man and T-Bone. Hey, it looks like sports gambling is a thing. (laughs) No kidding. Uh, New Yorkers bet $603.1 million between January 8th to the 16th using four mobile sports books, according to the New York State Gaming Commission. That's a lot. Yeah. All right. They are uh, they're thinking they're on track to break the current monthly record held by New Jersey, which logged one point three billion in the month of October. You mean the month of October, like 1987 or oh, just 
just this past year when yeah, they allowed them to, huh? Crazy how new records being set almost every other month. That's insane. U.S. Uh, sports betting doubled in 2021, surpassing 52 billion dollars. More than 52.7 billion was wagered throughout the year in all the legal states in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's 11 states now. It's pretty interesting that that's the only... How many did you say that we have legalized betting? In I'm sorry. 11? 11 new states, I guess. Okay. In 2021. There are 30 states and Washington, D.C. that have legalized sports betting. Okay. But the states that still don't, if I'm not mistaken, Florida definitely... Pretty sure they're not doing that. Texas, I'm pretty sure, is not doing it yet. Again, Texas astonishes me. (laughs) It astonishes me. You know, bring a gun to kindergarten. Can I bet on the Knicks? No! (laughs) No! Well, in Ohio coming online, too, Ohio is a pretty densely, for our size, pretty densely populated state. Yes. You add in Ohio, Florida, Texas, that ever happens. I want to say California also not there yet on the sports gambling I could be wrong. I think you're right. I mean, you're talking some really gigantic states that still have not done this as far as population base, and you're already seeing billions and billions of dollars being wagered. I mean, it. I don't. I don't think it will stay at a billion a month for one state every single month from here to eternity. But clearly, there's an appetite for it that's a little different than even what some of the most diehard gamblers would have told you they expected. I mean, this is pretty revolutionary to see and i i do obviously think you have to be careful like any other thing that's out there you can do too much you could do something where you get yourself in trouble be responsible all those things are true but the idea that these states that haven't done it yet i mean you're leaving tax revenue on the table for no really good reason now i know the state of ohio has put something together and We'll get our sports gambling at some point, no later than January of 2023, is what the current language says. I hope it doesn't take that long. I hope that something is in place by, you know, the late summer so that we can enjoy a fall of gambling. And this is coming from someone who doesn't gamble on a regular basis. And I probably still won't. But a couple times a year, if I choose to partake, it'll be there for me. Oh, yeah. Well, my wife and I were talking about not just for this. We've we've wanted to go to Vegas for a while. We've never done it. We want to get out there. And we were talking about planning a trip for that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were looking at different places to stay. And I said, oh, this place, they have a really good sports book. And she goes, oh, well, if we go there, there's like double the budget for our trip. And I said, no, honestly, you give me $100 and said that's your budget of gambling for a week. I'm good. You know why? Because for me, even having a couple bucks on a game, there's just a little added something. It's not necessarily I'm looking to get rich off this stuff. It's that there's a there's just a fun aspect to going out and having a good time. For me, and putting like five bucks on an outcome of a game, I now have made a decision on what I think is going to happen. I almost want that to come true just because I said this was going to happen. I want to see if I'm right. There's that aspect of it too. I know some people who, yes, they say they can't get excited about gambling unless they've got hundreds or thousands of dollars on it. That's that's where you should probably talk about calling a phone number then. But there's a way to have fun with that that hopefully is responsible. And I think that's where most people end up. There is something that I just don't understand. Even if it's not for me, I can usually see why people like something. Even if I'm not the target audience or not, I don't enjoy it myself. But... This whole spring football USFL thing, first of all, spring football to me sucks. 
and I'm I'm quite sure that these networks are reading surveys that you know where fans are saying we want more football, and they're like, okay, we'll put more football on in the spring. It's you're not going to watch it, at least not on a regular basis. It's not going to make any money. Yet these networks are still bending over backwards to put spring football on your TV. So the USFL, a brand that's been dead since the early 80s, is coming back to you if you're interested in such things. All the games will be played in Birmingham, Alabama. Fox owns this league. For some reason, NBC is broadcasting these games too, even though Fox owns the league. But here's the thing I really don't get. The first USFL game, Saturday, April 16th, Teams to be announced. Okay? Right. Prime time, 7.30. Okay. Fox, of course, would have the game because they own the league. I get that. However, NBC will also be simulcasting the game. Two network television channels, Fox and NBC, NBC piggybacking off of Fox to broadcast the same game with the same announcers... There's not going to be any difference. NBC's I, not going to have their own announcers. I do not understand that at all. I, I don't get any of this. Well, and let's remind people, because there are plenty of people who would answer a survey, you want more football or less football? I want more football. Okay. Go ask the people in Houston, Texas. Do you want more football? That did. Remember the story we just did a few days ago? Well, good the, news. They got a team. The Houston well, Gamblers. They're I know, in the USFL. But I'm saying the Texans ratings this year... We're down significantly. You know where else the ratings were down? They were gearing up for this. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Giants ratings down. You know, some of these other teams that have been perennially bad, their ratings were down. Why? Because people hate football there? No, because they don't want to watch that crappy football of the team that they actually care about and they probably invested a lot of time and money in. Why am I going to watch something inferior to the worst Texans or Jags game this year, something that's going to be infinitely worse than that, their best game would not be better than the worst NFL game. And that game I'm going to invest in as a fan who lives in those towns because what my team name is slapped on a team that's playing in Birmingham, Alabama. Right, and they're not even playing in your town. And by the way, this has nothing to do with COVID. This has everything to do with them doing this on the cheap. Well, or I'll give them credit for this. Perhaps they've just realized it doesn't make sense right now to go rent out a bunch of stadiums and have empty seats and have people looking at us like, oh, this is maybe a failure. Put it in one city and make that city kind of the hub for it. Yeah. Instead, you'll have empty seats in Birmingham. You will. Well, right. I I mean, I'm sure the Birmingham people will come out to watch their own team. Well, I could see people just saying, "I, I, I think Birmingham, you know, you put anything in a city, right? Like the basketball tournament being played in Columbus. People come out to those games, even if it isn't Carmen's crew playing, right? Because there's a little civic pride in that, or you just want to go see what's going on, but that's not going to sustain the league forever. They will have to eventually put these in real stadiums, and we'll find out. I don't think it's going to work. Well, of course, we have the XFL starting up in 2023, so more spring football coming for you, even though no one has asked for it. People do want more football. They want their team. They want You want your own team that you've already rooted for. You don't want just some rando thing you're told now you have to care about it. I've heard people say to me before, well, you'd be singing a different tune if Columbus had a team. No, I would not. No, I might. I don't want football here, spring football here. Might I go check out a game for fun? Maybe. I'm not going. I'm not investing in, like, watching every game and becoming a huge diehard fan. No way. Game show coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar Traffic Center. 
Good evening. You'll find some heavy delays on I-71 northbound before Cook Road. An accident blocking the three right lanes in that area. Traffic is stop and go and still continues to build over here. Please be very careful and plan on heavy slowdowns. This traffic report is sponsored by ExpressPros.com. Losing sleep over a stressful job or a bad boss? It's time to get to know Express Employment Professionals. Connect on the Express Jobs app or ExpressPros.com for more than a half million people. They find work with Express each year. I'm Leanna Ray with fan traffic. talking to my annoying friend, Duchess Kumquat. She was retelling a very dramatic story about how her and Lord Beaverqueef were stuck sleeping in a very hot room because their janky air conditioning unit took a crapola. They were so hot and sweaty, it took them out of the mood for getting hot and sweaty. Don't be like Kumquat and Beaverqueef. Call my friends at Care Heating and Cooling. Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com when you need a company Beaverqueef can trust. One is angry, the other one is bald. What do you think I mean, bald? Bald! Bald, bald! Here's man and bone. Baseball Hall of Fame announcement coming up at 6 o'clock. So MLB Network is doing studio shows. They have a panel of people discussing who they think they're going to get in. On this panel, longtime outfielder Mike Cameron. Mm-hmm. A couple tidbits Mike about Mike Cameron. Excellent outfielder. Inconsistent with the bat, but played 17 years in Major League Baseball. Let him live. Mike Cameron was traded from the White Sox to the Reds for... Do you remember that, Teddy? Who was in that deal? Uh, Paul Canerco. That is correct. Oh, wow, good job. Paul Canerco. Dad. And Mike Cameron, if you want to Google machine it, Mike Cameron and Carlos Beltran had one of the most disgusting outfield collisions you will ever see, where I thought both of those guys were dead. Oh, yeah, that was a horrible Not collision. Good. And. Mike Cameron was out for a while after that. Well, he like broke his yes. face. Yes, that was a very dangerous situation. And Carlos situation. Beltran said after the situation, I'm glad I'm alive. It's It was one of the most horrifying sports injuries ever. And not from the like what you saw, just the, the impact it looked like it had to have. It was ugh, terrible. I actually remember doing the show, because I want to say that was 2004 or 2005. I was doing the show with Chris Spielman. And Spielman's talking point at the time was oh yeah Base- why would baseball players ever go on an injury list can't they, get hurt. They, they, they can't get really hurt playing baseball and then <laughs> that injury happened and Mike, he never said it again why would he have said that anyway i mean because that's every his other gimmick every other month there's the ball coming up the middle that smokes know, a pitcher but- in the leg if not worse and i mean at the very least that hurts but also yeah you know guys blow out their shoulders blow out their elbows no, no. come on it's not full contact, you don't get hurt, according ah, to Spiels. I, I got you. Game show time. All right, Mike. We're going to do Winter Olympics trivia. So those are coming up next week. Opening ceremonies, I believe, are February 3rd. That's right. So we have got a lot on the docket coming up with the Winter Games. So got 10 questions for you. Let's see how you do. Number one, when was artificial snow first used in the Winter Games? Was it Austria in 1964? Japan in 1972 or Lake Placid, New York in 1980. First use of artificial snow at the Olympics. I'm going to say 1980. You are correct. 
Lake Placid was the place that first did it. Although at Innsbruck in Austria, that's the city they had it in 1964, Austria, traditional winter sports resort, but warm weather caused a lack of snow during the games that year. The Austrian army was enlisted to transport snow and ice from other mountainous areas and bring it to the... So they didn't use artificial snow. They used real snow that was trucked in. Pretty interesting. Next up, which Olympic sport debuted first, ice hockey or figure skating? Figure skating. Uh, That is correct. Figure skating debuted in London at the 1908 Games. Now, remember, I said the Winter Olympics have occurred starting in uh, 1924. It's the 98th anniversary of their beginning today. Hockey debuted in Antwerp in 1920, but at the time, because I said the Winter Games did not exist in 1908 or 1920, both of those sports were unveiled at the Summer Olympics, or what we now call the Summer Olympics, because back then they were just unveiled at the Olympics. They only had one. But then they eventually expanded to summer and winter. Next up, the Olympic flame was taken into outer space prior to which winter games? Salt Lake City in 2002, Vancouver in 2010, or Sochi in 2014? Sounds like something the Russians would do. I'm going to say Sochi. You're three for three. Sochi in 2014, they sent it to the International Space Station, was taken out on a spacewalk by cosmonaut Oleg Kotov. Let him live. What sliding sport is the fastest Olympic sport? Mike, bobsleigh, luge, or skeleton? Which one gets the... Where the participants go the fastest in which of those three? I'm going to say skeleton. It's between skeleton and luge, I think. So which one are you going with? Skeleton. Ooh, sorry. Luge? Luge is correct. The fastest Winter Olympic sport with speeds reaching 90 miles per hour. That is 144 kilometers per hour. I'm doing that just for comparative purposes. Uh, Bobsledders go down the ice-covered track at around 85 miles per hour. A bunch of losers. Closer to 130 kilometers per hour. In Skeleton, uh, they are going 80 miles per hour. Also, 130 miles or kilometers per hour. So there you go. The Luge is going the fastest. That's the most aerodynamic. Going feet first versus head first. Now we know. But I'm surprised bobsled with the mass doesn't go faster because there's more the weight being. I would think once it gets going. Yeah, once it gets going. Maybe, but apparently not. Uh, which country is the best at curling? Canada, Russia, or Finland? I think Canada is what I always think about when I think of curling. So let's go with them. You are correct. Most successful country as of 2018. The nation has won six golds, three silvers, and two bronzes. There Best is a Columbus Curling Club. Oh, I know. Have you been I, there? No, I have not. Brother Bone went once. He said it was of fun. Course, of course he did. Yeah. He, he likes to do stuff like that. Next up. Has anyone ever won an Olympic medal in both the summer and winter games? Yes. Yes. But Sean White, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, but also... The first one to do it was Sweden's Gillis Grafström, who won gold medals in both the Summer Olympics in 1920 and the Winter Games in 1924 and 28 in figure skating. Because, again, figure skating was a summer sport first, and then it became a winter sport. Uh, Which country was home to a group of brothers who formed a bobsled team? Was it Jamaica, Mexico, or South Africa? Mexico. Yes! Do you know this story? No, I don't know this story. That was just a guess shot in the dark. Yep. 
Calgary in 1988, Mexico's four brothers, Jose Eduardo, Jorge Antonio, Luis Adrian, and Roberto Thomas, the T-A-M-E-S, Thomas, the last name. No, 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 T-A-M-E-S. It's Thomas. All right. It's not Tomas. Tomas. Anyway. I love Thomas's English muffins. Okay. Calgary, 1988. They, they traveled to this Olympic Games in a school bus. They took part in those Olympics together, but not in the way they originally planned. They all were training. They went to New York. They put together some money. They trained at Lake Placid. They got in a four-man bobsled. When they got there, they said, hey, four-man bobsled, too competitive for you. But two-man bobsled, we've got some spots. So they hopped in two-man bobsleds. Two of the brothers each in each one, Jorge and Jose in one, Roberto and Luis Adrian in the other, and they basically went against each other because they weren't very good. They were 36th and 37th, respectively, they were trying. out of 41 teams, full sec- 16 seconds behind. Their story is very interesting, and the reason you may not know more about them is because they went to the same Olympics, you know, Mexican bobsled team, pretty intriguing. They're all brothers. The Jamaican bobsled team debuted that same year at the Olympics, and that's why they got a little bit more press. And finally, freestyle skier Gus Kenworthy, silver medalist in men's slope style at Sochi in 2014. He's also an actor on which TV series? American Horror Story, Vampire Diaries, or Stranger Things? I have no idea. I'll say American Horror Story. You are horrifically correct. Kenworthy plays Chet Clancy on various episodes of American Horror Story. He is going... To the Olympics again this year. All right, let him live. So there you go. Thank you, Bone. You're welcome, man. Back page coming up. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar Traffic Center. Good evening. Watch out for a serious accident on I-71 northbound before Cook Road. It is still blocking the three right lanes in that area. Traffic is stop and go from 17th and still building over here. Please be cautious. Plan on heavy slowdowns, about a 30-minute delay. Traffic Report is sponsored by Staples Stores. Staples has the tech and tools you need to take on the future of work. This week at the Lenovo IdeaPad 5i with Intel i5 processor for just $549.99. You save $108. In-store only, offer ends in the 29th. Limit 2, Staples, the working and learning store. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. I was talking to my annoying friend, Duchess Kumquat. She was retelling a very dramatic story about how her and Lord Beaverqueef were stuck sleeping in a very hot room because their janky air conditioning unit took a crapola. They were so hot and sweaty, it took them out of the mood for getting hot and sweaty. Don't be like Kumquat and Beaverqueef. Call my friends at Care Heating and Cooling. Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com when you need a company Beaverqueef can trust. Buckeye Show coming up at the top of the hour. The fine host of the Buckeye Show, your friend and mine, Timmy Hall. Hello, Timmy. Oh, hello, you guys. How are we doing tonight? We were just discussing Good. dinner that, plans. Uh, well, dinner, and I, I had said that I saw that you made some Chex Mix. I did. Over the weekend. Yeah. Homemade Chex Mix. and One of my things. That is one of my things as well. Nice. As you can sell by, see by my cup size. I'm lactating here, <laughs> but you... You know about the cup sizes? Oh, I know about them. But you put Cheez-Its in your Chex Mix, which I have to be honest, I am a grade-A fat ass, and I have never thought to do. 
You know what? I I posted that up on my Instagram account. It's the same handle as my Twitter account. If you want to follow, there's not really many. So is it an orange join. handle? Mm. Yeah, it's ergonomic. Ergonomic orange. Er- ergonomic or ergonomical? It's the proper term there. Where, did you, where is that? I gotta find it now. Yeah, yeah, find it. I have a whole tab in the dad. It's just just me, so it should pop up. All right, go ahead. But anyway, bone. What's your favorite ingredient for a Chex Mix? I was asking this. My handle. It's weighted. It's ergonomic. Mine is a bright orange. It wakes me up in the morning, too. I have to be honest. I just eat what's in the Chex Mix in the bag. Are you asking? If you were making a Chex Mix on your own, is there some ingredient? Like, I prefer the pretzels to be the thin sticks. I don't do pretzels in my Chex Mix. Oh, you got to have. I forego the pretzels. I like peanuts. I need to have... Dry roasted peanuts I in my do, Chex Mix I as do well. Peanuts. I don't do. I would. I would prefer no peanuts, and I would want the round pretzels. I like the round pretzels. The circle circular pretzel, 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 pretzel balls. No, 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 no. No, just the straight up the, hoops. Circles. Yeah, the hoop pretzels. Oh, I yeah. see. The little. That's they're good. Like little. I, I like, like to call those you like earring the, earring pretzels. Earring sure, pretzels. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah Michael like Jordan wears them. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> he when he gets indeed. hungry in the third quarter, pop off the ear, eat the hoop. No, I don't. That's I don't right. do pretzels. You know what? I, I do garlic bagel chips. Oh, you know what? I I saw that in a recipe that I was looking at garlic online. Garlic bagel I was, chips. I was the, the Gardettos. The Gardettos rye chips. I, I as use well. the, I use those. You have to use yeah, those. I of course use the Gardetto rye chips, but I'm always looking to sub something out. And sub in, or just keep everything that I have and add. The bagel chip is one. I'm, if anybody has any other idea, because I think I've I'm, I've topped out with my ideas. It's the pretzel sticks. It's it's just corn and rice. I don't use the wheat. Oh, I love the wheat chips. I don't think the wheat is conducive to a good Chex mix. Oh, it just I disagree. Soak up all that flavor. The I way disagree. I, like it. I right, think it adds a texture component. Yeah. that the other Chex do not give you. Okay. Yeah, it is a smaller, thinner piece of Chex. I love I, the corn and the rice. Though. I will tell you, I think I was working here when I first realized that people do what you guys are talking about. That's how sheltered I was to the Make Chex, Chex mix. mix. Yeah. I I was like I was aware of Chex mix all my life as a thing you go to the store and buy a really? bag of and oh, eat. That I was, was sacrilege. We for never us. we never made Chex mix. Oh. I don't ever recall making it. And my wife is always buying store bought like the branded Chex mix for my son and I just I can't do it because my dad was always making Chex mix two or three times a year, really all throughout football season and we do it around the holidays mm-hmm. and Sarah's dad is a big Chex mix guy too. And he usually makes it either Thanksgiving or Christmas and brings over a big batch, and he puts a lot of Tabasco in it, and I mm. like that too. I'm not a Tabasco guy in the Chex Mix. It's pretty Although flavor. I got something for you to try, because you said you use the Lowry's seasoning salt. That's right, yeah. Always a good choice. Mm-hmm. But I've been using the Red Robin seasoning. Ooh. The stuff they give you at the Red table Robin. with the fries. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Stealing seasoning off the table is a Red Robin. Must I'm not be nice. stealing it. I bought Must it. Must be nice to be so they bold. They sell it in the stores. <laughs> I'm not stealing it. <laughs> Just walking in there. I'm common, man. I mean, this belongs it's right, to me. I got checks mixed to me. It's right there for you to use. Sure. You just take the ketchup and mustard bottle, too. Who hasn't it. put a mustard bottle in their pants? Stolen it. You just look at the red mustard bottle. You look at the waitress and say, "Just pretend I bought the unlimited fries, and I'm taking all this to douse on it." But I'm going to leave now. So see ya. All right, what's coming up on the Buckeye Show tonight? Coming up tonight, we'll we'll catch up with uh, where this basketball team is. We'll talk to Adam Jardy in the seven o'clock hour as they head to Minnesota in a couple of days. Here, Dave Biddle will be here for the first two hours. Actually, 
<laughs> that sounded stupid. First two hours? Four, yeah, we're going to go four than hours that? tonight. Yeah, he'll be here for the first two of the four-hour program. I'm going until 10 o'clock, and then a little you'll see. Okay, it is also the 50th anniversary bone of one of the wildest and ugliest scenes in college basketball history, and we'll tell you why that's pertinent to Ohio State. Buckeye Show, top of the hour, right here on The Fan. Back page. The Back Page. The Back Page. With Common Man and T-Bone. Sponsored by Care Heating and Cooling. When you need a company you can trust, call 1-800-COOLING. Bone. All right, man. I think I'm going to have to block the term NFT from my Google, from anything I can find that it brings it to my attention. Because I just saw this today, and I I don't know what we're doing here. Uh, Apparently, Kurt Cobain... There were some photos of him from an October 1991 gig at the J.C. Dobbs, which is a legendary Philadelphia venue. Mm. Photographer took these pictures. They had never been released to the public. They are going to be released coming up February 20th on what would have been Kurt Cobain's 55th birthday. And I know how much you love that. I love it. Whenever people bring that up. Mm -hmm. When did you say his birthday is? February 20th. So I didn't know that the NFT. And you said that like I he was wow, born he on a day. birthday. That's my wow. ne- that's my ne- birth. That's oh, my birthday. That's your birthday. Oh, I, I only, oh, that makes more sense. I, I only thought Charles Barkley was the cool guy no, who I shared birthdays Kurt with. Kurt Cobain. Birthday. I, I didn't Kurt Cobain. realize that. I gotta write that down. Baddest Timmy, dudes ever. February wow. 20th. Actually, right. I mean, Timmy, I I kind of think of you as the Kurt Cobain of this station. You've just got that artistic streak that no one else here has. <laughs> Are you trying no. to sing yeah. like Kurt Cobain? Please don't know. Anyway, every day I come in hoping you blow your head off. Oh, <laughs> hasn't happened yet. Oh, anyway, <laughs> the NFTs, they are releasing these photos as NFTs. Now, again, just the prices on these. They will range in price from $99 to $250,000. Again, you could just... If this person was selling the photo or the film stock or something, no. That's not what we're doing. We're selling a digital copy of it that's on the you blockchain. Get with the program, man. I'm not. No. And you know what else I'm not with? I'm just going to pass you by. <laughs> Let it. Look Go right you. ahead. Look at See you. you later. <laughs> what the F was that? What the <laughs> F? <laughs> Stop putting things on my body, David Blaine. That's what I have to say to you. Uh, right. <laughs> Buckeye Show's coming up next. We'll see you tomorrow. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar Traffic Center. Good evening. Watch out for an accident causing slowdowns on I-71 northbound before 11th Avenue. This is an injury crash. Please use caution. And the free right lane still closed on 71 northbound before Cook Road. Traffic is bumper to bumper from 17th Avenue due to this accident. Please be very careful over here. Starving Report is sponsored by Safe Auto Insurance. Safe Auto Insurance offers low down payments and flexible payment options. Got their customers stay legal on the road for less. Play it safe with Safe Auto. Give us a call at 1-800-SAFE-AUTO or visit them online for your fast and free quote today. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Common Man here for care, heating, and cooling. Can I tell you a secret? One of my joys in life is a good clean out. Once in a blue moon, I will take it to the next level. I have an air vent right over the toilet. So when I know a wild ride is coming, I'll turn down the AC a few minutes before it's go time. And then when I sit down, beautiful cold air greets me, blowing in my face as I do the deed. And the only people I trust to keep my crapper temp in tip-top shape, that's Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com when you need a company you can trust.
the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM, HD1 Columbus, the fan. Hey, Common Man here. I know what you're thinking. This guy again. But we have some special bonus stuff for you. Sponsored, of course, by our friends, Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING when you need a company you can trust. One is angry, the other one is bald. What do you think I mean, bald? Bald! Bald, bald! Here's man and bone. I want to point something out. All right. I, too, would be bald if I, don't, if I didn't take these pills every single day. <laughs> I've been taking the Propecia pills or whatever the generic is called now yeah. for almost 20 years. It's called Amateur Pecia. <laughs> I didn't think about it for a second. Good job. <laughs> and I'm so terrified that if I stop taking these pills, like my hair will just fall out in one day. All of it. Yeah. Well, it's funny because we were watching last night. I had the NBA games on and uh, ESPN. I'm trying to remember who was alongside uh, Richard Jefferson. I wanted, Richard I Jefferson. Yes. Uh, maybe, I don't remember. It's one of the bald guys that does ESPN broadcasts, whatever. And so Richard Jefferson is obviously shaved head. This guy also shaved head, you know, probably trying to forestall the inevitable. And Melissa's like, wow, man, everybody's just, you know, out here not embracing their baldness. And I'm like, You're, I, I too shave. Like, I don't let it grow long. I don't have like the, you know, coconut with a Hulu skirt on it. Like, no, I'm not going to do you that. You need a different look. And you can't shave it all the way. No. You I, can't be totally bald. You look like a clan member. Thanks. You, thanks you would. That. You would look like a total I clan mean, member if you were totally bald. I would think you look like a clan member if you show up with a hood on. Like, that makes you... Yeah, but don't you just... Stop What it am now. I supposed to do? I'm bald. Like, I just... You have that look to you. A fat white guy who's bald now there are it? other white people who can pull it off i'm just saying that that's not something you could pull off i don't think no i have like shaved it all the way down it's too much maintenance that's i don't know if people realize that's a lot of shaving that is you gotta do it every day yeah oh yeah to get the to get the cue ball look yeah like i have the stubble going and sometimes it gets a little longer than to shave it back down but the, the cue ball polished dome thing that's a whole nother level like of stanley commitment. tucci stanley tucci is a white guy but he can pull off the shaved head look without you looking at Stanley Tucci like, oh, he's going to burn a cross on somebody's lawn. But you're you, saying, I, I think you're people saying get the wrong impression. You would accuse me of it even though you know me and know I would never do right. something like that. I that's, know, I know, I've known you the, for years. That's bad. But I would just yell well, racist at you and run away. Well, I'm glad I don't shave my head all the way down then. Is it okay where it is now? Because well, I just fine wanna, now. Okay, good. I yeah, just want to make sure. like every other fat soccer yes, loving guy good. right now. I don't, <laughs> don't want to give off any vibes that are not accurate, so... Good. All right. A special thank you for consuming all the stupidity we can safely shove down your gullet. Come back for more podcasts. And again, the podcast is sponsored by our friends because they pay us. Care, heating, and cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING when you need a company you can trust. Stop listening now. The podcast is over. Turn it off. Go do something. 